Welcome to the Mostly Pala Night, Mostly. I am Graveyard, joined by my co-host, Salem. Hello. This is episode 11 of our weekly All Things Horror podcast. This is part one of our four-parter on the Halloween franchise and its multiple timelines. This episode will include what has been dubbed the Thorn Timeline, which includes Halloween 1, 2, 4, 5, and 6, also known as The Curse of Michael Myers. So we'll be going through discussing each movie, talking about uh, plot synopsis, first thoughts, rewatches, lore, and all that stuff as we typically do. And we'll be giving this a rating out of uh, 10. And our theme for this one is Butcher Knives. So let's go ahead and start off with Halloween 1. So the movie opens up in 1963 and um, we kind of start to see like a POV shot of somebody, you know, going, looking, you know, looking through the window, seeing a guy and a girl started making out on the couch and they see him go upstairs and kind of goes and moves around the house a little bit, finds a um, clown mask on the floor inside the house, puts it on there. So we're then seeing through, you know, kind of a mask eyes of it. Um, we see the guy, the boyfriend leave that for about a minute and then, uh, right. knife. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, get a knife and we see the girl upstairs partially naked and starts to get stabbed multiple times with a bush knife and then goes out and then a car pulls up and mass is taken off. You see that is a six year old boy named Michael and the parents are just staring at him standing there with a bloody knife going, just not saying anything, just go Michael and kind of, you know, then we get the theme song. Um, and then continues on about 15 years later, and it shows a nurse and a doctor, Dr. Loomis, driving through the rain, going to a hearing to determine if Michael is going to be kind of incarcerated for the rest of his life. Uh, as they go to the asylum where he is being kept, they see a whole bunch of inmates out in their white robes wandering the park in the rainstorm. Nurse goes, they don't normally let them outside, do they? And no, not typically. Go up there, they see that there's um, the Dr. Loomis goes up there to see what's going on. All of a sudden you see kind of through the rain and the headlights, someone in the gown kind of jump on top of the car. You know, nurse gets a little scared, hand comes down, uh, smacks the window and starts grabbing her. Uh, she gets out of the car and this person drives away and they're kind of stuck there in the rain um and then we kind of then cut to uh our main character our protagonist in the story um Lori Strode and she's uh was she carrying a pumpkin at this time when she was walking there or she just had the keys no yeah she just had the keys I think so you find out that her dad is a real estate agent, and he the keys dropped off at is the house that was in the intro. Um, she meets a young boy named Tommy that she babysits, and he's warning her, don't go in there, the boogeyman lives there, her house is haunted. Um, they start making plans then, because she's going to be babysitting, them, babysitting for him uh, Halloween night. That's kind of her job. Um, then, she, I believe then, we start to see 
heard in the classroom. No, sorry. Uh, we know that someone stole. Did we find out someone stole the mask at that point in time or no? We just kind of start seeing the car, the, the car that has. Uh, no, the doc- no. The, the, we don't find out somebody stole the mask until her friend picks yeah. it up. Okay. And they drive past because her dad is the sheriff. The sheriff, yeah. Stop to talk to the sheriff. Yeah. That was after the school. Right. But we do see when she's walking to, you know, to the school and stuff like that, like the car and the POV back and the car has the medical field or institution symbol on it. We kind of see that every once in a while, just walking with her friends and stuff like that. Um, that she's in the English class. She's talking about, was it, was it Frankenstein's monster? I don't remember the story. Um, uh, no, they were talking about like fate or something. Fate, yeah. yeah. Um, she looks out the window and she sees a guy in a white mask kind of just staring at her through like around the hedge or something like that. And, you know, she looks at him, goes, teacher asks her a question. She answers, look back, he's gone. Uh, school gets out. We, we see. Tommy being bullied by kids. He's carrying a giant pumpkin, telling them the boogeyman's going to get him. Uh, they trip him. He breaks his pumpkin. Wah, wah. Right. And then he starts walking, and the car kind of follows him a little bit. Uh, and then we cut to Lori meeting with her friends as they're walking home. Um, and, you know, they're they're talking about, like, what their plans are for tonight. You know, if their boyfriends are going to be there. One of her other friends is uh, babysitting Lindsay, who's right down the street, saying, hey, you can come do it or watch it together. Uh, the other friend, paid, played by PG Souls, is says, yeah, we're planning on doing other things. Um, and they're kind of walking. Their friends are just not really paying much attention, but she sees the same figure step out from a hedge and looking at her, but no one else sees him because they're too busy looking at their books, or going through their purse looking for something. And then um, she says, do you guys see that? There's someone behind the hedge. Her friend's going around the corner. And they're like, oh, it's some guy. He wants to ask you out on a date. And she goes, oh, really? And goes around there. There's no one there. I don't think, so, I don't think that she actually believed there was someone there. She <laughs> acted like she did. She was very well, her, confused. Her friend did because she was fucking with her. Right. <laughs> but yeah, she I don't think she did. No. Um So uh is that when they get into the car? Um do they it's like it goes from day to like night really really Well, fast, the, it goes from day to night because okay. Yeah, she goes home to like get ready and then, you know, the, she's going to come pick her up at whatever a later time. Um, so oh, she yeah. changes and she comes out and she gets picked up and yeah it's bright daylight and they say it's going to take about 30 minutes to get there which is ridiculous because it's in yeah. the same neighborhood but anyway they do say it, it'll take 30 minutes and it was, it's bright daylight when they get in the car and then when they're dropping her off at the place it is like pitch black like yeah. at midnight but anyway she goes home in her room a phone call rings and some like heavy breathing or chewing on the phone and she goes hello hello no response um, I believe she looks out the window and sees the same guy through the the bed sheets hanging, like in her neighbor's yard. At that time as well, someone calls back and it's her friends. Like, why did you hang up with me? I was just eating. And you're, you know, she's like, you're you're always eating. Comes pick her up, 
um, they're driving, they're driving together because they babysit the two kids. They're about in the same block area or even across the street. Um, they're just going to go get, they're just driving through town and they see that um, her friend's dad, who's a cop, they go past like a convenience store or a hardware store. Um, they were smoking pot. They try to hide it quickly and they find out what's going on. Yeah, some guy broke in. He stole some rope, well, a knife, and a mask. Right. And just those things. It might even been the jumpsuit, too. No, the jumpsuit he got. Um, yeah, they show that later on. Well, no, they don't Donald, directly uh, show it. Okay, but so I, he, yeah, he, 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 on his way there, Donald Plus is driving to Haddonfield, thinking he's going to return to Haddonfield, sees, a, like, a tow truck. Right. And sees the garment there. And while he's looking at the garment, he's, you know, behind him, which he doesn't see, he see, we, we see the car driving past him. There's a dead body. Yeah, there's a dead body. We saw, like, what, a hand of the dead body? That showed, like, his head and his torso. Okay. But he had, like, blood on his chest. Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of insinuated that that's where he got his, his coverall from. Yeah, from the tow truck guy. Um, so then, you know, that's, you know, they're driving to the neighborhood. That's all sudden just turns pitch black <laughs> from their drive, yeah. which yep. daylight to pitch black. Um, you know, she goes to Tommy's house. Her friend goes to Lindsay's house. And, you know, they're talking about they're going to start, you know, Tommy's like, are we going to make a Jack Lantern, which it's already trick or treating time. Why are you making it now? Doesn't make any sense. It's Halloween, man. Right. Um, and then uh, her friend gets a phone call from her boyfriend. Um, Want to come over? She's she's making popcorn, spills something on her. She goes, takes off most of her clothes, goes into the laundry room, which is like a, a garage detached from the house. Um, she gets trapped in there. Right. <laughs> pretty easily. Yeah, I don't, someone put a get, rake against the door. Is that what it was? Yeah, and then she had to try to get out the window. No, that was she, that was later on. That they he put the rake on the house like later. Then she just locked herself in somehow. Right. Okay. Because the kid I, was able to go out there and open the door, and there was nothing. Oh, that's there. yeah, you're right. And so she's stuck in the window, scream for Lindsay, <laughs> <laughs> and the like. Boyfriend's like, she, you know, comes back in. She got stuck in the window. Window, huh? Yeah. Um. So then she calls over to Tommy's house where uh, Laurie Strode is and say, hey, can Lindsay come there? Whoever was coming over, was it Bob? I had been Bob. I don't remember boyfriend's name off the top of my head. Um, I think Bob was... Yeah, Bob blonde. was PJ Souls. Yeah, yeah. yeah blonde. We, never, we never saw this boyfriend of this other, of Nancy. Um... She asks Lindsay, hey, do you want to go watch movies with, with Tommy Doyle? She says, okay. So she goes over there, uh, drops her off, and then she goes into her car, and it's really, really foggy in her car. She tries wiping, using the windshield wipers, wipe from the inside. And then uh, Michael comes from the back, starts strangling her, and then and eventually slices her, you know, slices her throat, and she dies. She loses gets car harm for a while and he takes her off. Um so 
Tommy and Lindsay are at their house with, with you know, the, was it the Girl Scout, Jamie, uh, Lori Strode, and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Tommy's trying to, to uh, scare Lindsay by hiding behind their curtain going, Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> she couldn't find him behind the curtain. And oh, then she's, he also, looks, she's like five years old. Right. Um, he looks out the window, sees the boogeyman, which he doesn't the believe. Sh- the shape. The shape, yes. <laughs> uh, PJ Soul's character and her boyfriend Bob go over to Lindsay's house thinking that they're going to be Nancy and her boyfriend there. You know, none of the lights were on. They decide to go ahead and have sex in the parents' bedroom. Uh, you know, about a minute later, they get done, and... Uh, fair. It's fair. They're right. teenagers. Yep. And... You know, Bob's like, you want a beer? Yeah, go get me a beer. <laughs> so Bob goes downstairs, starts raiding the fridge for beer. Uh, hears a noise in the cabinet, peers up, and he gets picked up by the neck, stabbed all the way through himself into the cabinet door and is pinned there. And that's when we get our first kind of iconic head tilt of Michael Myers after a kill. Then we but go back. I don't, to think, I don't think the knife is strong enough to hold up a, a no. human body. No, <laughs> I'm goodness, pretty no. sure that would not work. Correct. Unless he was like 50 pounds. Well, yeah, he's a child, maybe. Right. Um, so then the door opens and it's, a sheet, a guy wearing a sheet with glasses <laughs> over it. You know, and, you know, like what you see, <laughs> shows her tits, and then, you know, she starts calling uh, uh, The politically correct podcast, you gotta say breasts. Breasts, yes. Uh, calls, goes and calls Lori and she started getting strangled with the phone cord, and you know, Lori's like, "Oh, your your phone calls and your obscene sounds, stuff like that's not gonna get to me." Um, and that's something we should mention also, uh, as uh, uh, Doctor Loomis is going to town. He stops by the cemetery to see where the sister was killed. We find out, you know, it's Michael's sister that was killed in the beginning, and Colin talking to the grave groundskeeper. Oh, her her tombstone was stolen. So, damn kids. Yeah, damn kids. <laughs> um, meanwhile, then we come back to, you know, Lori and Tommy and Lindsay. They finally made their, their jack lantern start howling as carrying it around. And then, you know, don't really do much of anything else. You know, they thought they'd see the lights on, but then the lights were off across the street, Lindsay's house, so she goes to investigate because she hasn't heard from her friends for a while. It's like, you know, when they didn't come get you know, Lindsay, right? Uh, she goes over there and um, what the first thing does, she goes does she go upstairs first or she go into the kitchen first? Um, well, she went in the kitchen first, but the his body wasn't there. Right. So then she goes upstairs and sees that her friend's dead on the bed with Judith Myers' headstone there. 
and then you know she goes turns around like then Bob swing he's somehow like in the closet and swings right yeah head, swings like from the ceiling right? from the ceiling scares her and then she's terrified and she sees somebody else in a cabinet or something yeah uh, <laughs> yeah uh, Nancy's in the cabinet with her son. right you know throat slices we have to have everyone find the bodies at the you know in the same sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, then she's kind of against the wall and really good play of lighting is, you know, you, so you see a dark room behind her and then you see the light kind of go on half the white mask. Uh, she gets sliced in the arm and then she kind of falls down the stairs from there. So, you know, she gets up uh, and he slowly starts walking down the stairs. She runs back to Tommy's house tries to get the keys, can't get the keys. Where are the keys? The keys! <laughs> uh, and the kids open the door. Uh, she tells them, you know, go run and and hide. Uh, and during all this, Dr. Loomis is with the sheriff. There, He's kind of sitting out at the Myers house, waiting for him to come back. They said, oh, he's already been here because he's eaten, and there's a dead dog. So, yes, does the dog die in the movie? The answer is yes. And get eaten. Um, yeah. So they realize he wasn't coming back. So they kind of start roaming the neighborhood a little bit looking for him. Uh, so, you know, like they realize that uh, he's in the house. You know, she, she goes and takes the kids, put, hides them somewhere. So you go hide, puts them like in the closet, and locks it. Uh, he attacks her again, but or yeah, she stabs him in the neck with a uh, knitting needle, and then he gets up and she tells the kids to go run and get help. So then they go running, screaming to the neighborhood. Doctor Loomis hears them, starts to follow him. She's traps herself in a closet with the wood panel doors. Um. Yeah, like, yeah, she locks herself in, like, trying to hide, and then she's, like, you know, hysterically, like, screaming and, and like, yeah. mumbling under her breath. Like, of course he's going to find her. Right, and, you know, he starts breaking slowly through the wood door, turns the light on and off a few times for good measure. Yeah. She takes a wire hanger, starts to undo it, stabs him in the eye. Perfect thing. Yeah, and kind of falls down. Um, Dr. Loomis is then, you know, she thinks, oh, he's dead. I got him. Yay. And so she starts to get up, slowly leave. And she starts then getting choked out. But Dr. Loomis is there, comes up, shoot, you know, she's managed, she manages to take off his mask. So we see his face ever so slightly as he's putting it back on. He gets shot once by Dr. Loomis and Dr. Loomis goes to the room. He's just standing there, kind of just breathing heavily. And then he shoots him five more times. So he stumbles out onto the balcony and onto the ground. Um, and then Lori goes, was that the boogeyman? He goes, matter of fact, it was. Look down, and the body's gone. And then the, the John Carpenter theme song starts playing. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, for me, first thoughts on this, you know, I was introduced to the Halloween franchise as a whole I would say with the 96 with 
Chris and Michael Myers. You know, I was I was twelve, didn't realize what it was. I think I knew of Halloween. I just never realized this wasn't the first one. That was the first one you watched? Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, yeah, I was like I said, someone rented it and that was and I realized like, wait, there's more? <laughs> so then I went back and watched the rest of them. Um but on the first watch seeing it, you know. I thought it was a pretty good movie. I thought it was suspenseful. I think it was pretty well done. Um, like I said, I was just entering my foray into horror movies at that point in time. What was your first thoughts when you saw this? Um, I honestly don't. I don't remember the first time I saw it. I was a kid. I, I know that. So this is probably like I don't know, mid to late eighties when I watched it. Um, I mean, at at that time, I had seen a lot of like slasher movies. Um, so at that point I just was like, okay, yeah, it's good. It's a good slasher movie. At that point I did not understand it was like the first one. I mean, not the first one, but you know, the first, I guess, uh, arguably the first modern one. Yeah. The, 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 the start of the slashers. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah. At, at that time I had no idea cause I had already seen a bunch of really bad ones before that point. And I knew it was one of the better ones, but I had no idea it was like the original one. Yeah. Kind but of again, brought was, slashers in the mainstream. Right. Yeah, I was like, you know, nine. Right. <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know what good movies were back then. But yeah, I mean I, I don't remember having a, a big reaction to it at the time. What about your rewatch of it? I mean, how often do you rewatch this if at all? Um, I mean I've seen it a few times. I don't it's not like a movie I make a point to watch um, you know, every every so often or anything, but I mean I've probably seen it, I don't know, five, six times in my life. Yeah. Um, so I mean, you know, a few times I've, I've seen it from, from that. That's from front, you know, from beginning to end. Right. I've seen bits and pieces of it a lot more than that because it's on, you know, TV and stuff all the time. Yeah. Or around this time of year, it's on TV and stuff for that you know all the time. Right. I mean, I, I know I've mentioned this before, but this is something I rewatch every October. This this entire franchise. Yeah, so. I mean it's it's interesting. I and mean, watching it now, I mean obviously I know it was one of the very first ones. So I watch it now and you can see a lot of the other movies and, and franchises that pulled a lot of elements from the movie. Mm-hmm. Um and you can see that. And you know, you can see it plain as day now. Again, when I was a kid, I didn't know, I didn't understand that. But, right. Um now you can see it and you can see how this originated a lot of other stuff. Um so yeah, I mean it's interesting to see that stuff now, especially as you watch more and more movies you know more you know exposed to more and more movies and different franchises and and just in general and then go back and watch the originals and you can see little bits and pieces that they pulled out of right yeah i mean like i said it's always a rewatch for me i enjoy this a lot it's one of my favorite franchises probably my second favorite franchise behind evil dead um because now do you think this is like the first franchise where they had like you know where the villain is stopped and then he just like keeps getting up and keeps going yeah, because our our slashers essentially before this were arguably Texas Chainsaw, Black Christmas is considered one of the first slashers, but realistically Psycho is arguably the first slasher. Right. Um, but yeah, this is probably the first supernatural, unstoppable slasher, I would say. Right. Is I mean, it's the first one, I mean, chronologically speaking, that I remember... Um, you know, just being like, you know, a force that you can't stop, you know, no matter what you do, he, you know, he keeps coming back kind of thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's it's you know getting into the lore of this. You know, we don't know much about him other than he is a guy, <laughs> but he's can get you know stabbed with a sewing needle. He can get stabbed in the eye and shot six times, and be and and just get up. So you know, there for lore wise, it was a good start of a groundwork of it. Like you know. Not much background other than 15 years ago he killed his sister. Now he killed what? A uh, tow truck driver um, and three more people and a dog. So his body count yep. wasn't really high. Right. Um, but you, you kind of laid the groundwork of what things were to come is okay, he's not just a guy. There's Either that, here's like some that disease where you can't really feel pain, you know. So it has good groundwork for it. Um, with the lore, though, we're also going to discuss the bad child psychologist called okay. Dr. Loomis. <laughs> no, now, Dr. Loomis at best is the worst child psychologist I've ever seen. <laughs> That's at his best. Now, I'll get into a couple other conspiracy theories that I have about this in a moment, but at worst, if you're just going at this film at face value, um, he is a horrible child psychologist. Like, you know, a six-year-old kid, you know, murders his sister, obviously some weird, you know, sexual reaction stuff happening there, right? Like he sees her like making out with her boyfriend and the first thing that pops into his head is murder. Um, So something bad probably happened there. Now we're probably talking probably a history of sexual assault of some kind, right? Yeah, um, I mean, it, that doesn't just happen for no reason. So we're probably talking he was like, you know, molested or assaulted or some in some way, shape or form for that to, kind of reaction to happen. Now, he murders his sister, um, you know, and then goes catatonic, essentially. Now, right. Dr. Loomis says multiple times during the course of this movie and, and the subsequent movies that he never moved. He never spoke. He never did anything at all while he was in. The, the mental institution for 15 years. Right. He never did anything. Oh, and five, it, yeah. Five years. Right. He tried to reason with him. 10 years. He tried to keep him locked up. Right. Right. So <laughs> if he didn't move, didn't talk, didn't interact with his environment at all, how can you make the decision that he's pure evil? Cause he says that he says he's just pure evil. He has the darkest eyes. Right. Yeah. He's like, I saw it in his eyes. Really? You're a fucking psychologist, dude. You went to how many years of fucking school and you're using I see it in his eyes as a fucking excuse to murder someone? Mm-hmm. It's disturbing. And that's, again, this is the best case scenario. This is if you just follow the movie as it is. Right. Like, this guy is just straight up, um, yeah, that's a bad kid. We need to murder him. Like, not like, yeah, we need to bring him back in. He needs to be, you know, institutionalized. You know, we need to try to work on him more to try to break through to him. You know, we need to, you know, get him under control so we can put him back to where he can get the help he needs. No, 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 no. None of that. Murder. It's just murder. <laughs> there's no right. uh, there's no attempt at capture. There's no attempt at rehabilitation. It's just murder. Like I said, this guy is the worst psychologist I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> And again, that is that is the mild version. If you're going just by the the event, if you want me to get into the rest of it, I will. If you do you want to go into some other stuff first? Is it with the first movie? You want to kind of go with it with each movie as it progresses? 
Well, I mean, because again, in this movie, it can easily, I, I can easily, you know, give you what, what I believe actually probably happened. I mean, we can't, or if you want to do a kind of a last minute roundup, then the whole topic, then overall that we see in this Thorn timeline, insanity so of Doctor Loomis. You want me to do it at the very end? Yeah. Okay. Insanity of Doctor Loomis. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, we'll keep my conspiracy theories for the end. Yeah. Uh, but as I said, at best, <laughs> Doctor Loomis is a terrible, <laughs> terrible psychologist who, instead of trying to help his patients decides he's the one that decides whether they live or die and whether they're worth saving or not. And he decides that he's going to be the executioner to do so. And then tries to seek out and hunt out this person and then shoot him. And ultimately at the end attempt to kill him. But I mean, obviously we see him leave, so he doesn't succeed, but that is his goal before he even knows what happened before he even knows he hurt anyone else. His goal is to kill him. Right. He was choking Lori. He killed his sister 15 years ago. He killed the tow driver, and he learned to drive pretty well for never being taught the asylum. Again, there's <laughs> obviously more to this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll get into it later. Yeah. I'm just saying. All right. So highlights for me is just the movie. Uh, we'll say, we say this a lot, but the movie as a whole, like, you know, you read the documentaries, you listen to documentaries, you watch documentaries, you hear all the stuff of how it's such a low-budget stuff that everyone was family and you know yes there are scenes of them just walking for five minutes straight and you cut at any time and just padding for the runtime but for the budget they had and the story i mean it was is you know very craftily done it's a well put together movie oh yeah the highlight like says just how well together this movie really was and i I think you can appreciate it more knowing of it being the pioneer for a lot of this stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's the highlight is, is, you know, you look at it and again, you 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 watch it. If you've seen a lot of other slashers and you watch it, you know, kind of not knowing the history of it. Um, it just seems like a, another slasher, right? A well-made one. Yeah. But it just seems like another slasher. But when you realize that this was the one that originated a lot of this stuff, like a lot of the tropes that slasher movies follow came from this movie, you know? Yeah. So, like, this was the original one. But even, you know, minus all that kind of stuff, there's still a lot of interesting stuff that they did here. I mean, they had a, a low budget, but there's a lot of interesting, like, shots in the way they did things. You mentioned how they did the lighting and stuff earlier. There was, I mean, that was a really cool shot when they did that. Oh, that was an amazing um, shot. Right. There was also another really cool shot where the shot where the kid, like, falls on the pumpkin and it squishes and all that. Yeah. Um, Like, they literally, you know, that kid, like, walks back to the school walks through the schoolyard, ends up back on the street, um, and then the car comes up to him. And that's it's one whole big continuous shot. Yeah, it's uh, one continuous shot. Yeah, it's one, yeah, it's one, you know, the kid walks back, walks through the schoolyard, ends up on the other side of the street, and then, you know, walks back. But the, yeah, the camera comes around that whole, you know, side of the bush and then follows the kid down the street. And you know, there's like, you know, further cues. I mean, for the kid, it speaks a lot about, you know, the kid and, and acting. He wasn't a great actor, but at least he can follow some cues, right? Right. Um, and, you know, and then the car comes up to whatever. It, it just interesting shots. Well done shots. I mean, it's John Carpenter. So, of course, it's, you know, interesting stuff. But this is pretty early in his career. He only made, what, a movie or two before this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's still early in his career. He's still, you know, perfecting his craft. But it's still, you can see, you know, there's a little bit more to it, a little bit more substance to it than all the, 
the slashers that come afterwards. Yeah. And I do like that they watch the thing from another world in Halloween. It was like a foreshadowing of him redoing the thing. Right. Yeah. There was three movies in the... uh, (laughs) So yeah, the three movies that they're because they're you know, they talked earlier was like you know horror movie dementia night or something whatever it was yeah there was supposed to be three movies and the three movies were yeah the thing from another planet uh, which interestingly enough John Carpenter would later remake <laughs> like not just what what two year four years four maybe. years later yeah um, and it was Forbidden Planet yes and then the third one we don't get to see what the third one was until the th- until the second movie you okay. know what the third one was I don't recall off the top of my head. Night of the Living Dead. It's it's always the movie that they're put on whenever they watch anything on TV because it's technically open source. Yeah, <laughs> you don't have to pay to put it in your movie. But yeah, that was the that was the third one. If you remember the old man that was sleeping when he was trying to get his sandwich. Oh yeah, yeah. Was watching. That was the third one of the horror yeah. movie dementia marathon or whatever. I mean, that's Sorry. a good marathon though. Yeah. Well, I mean, in 1978, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was as good as it gets. <laughs> All right. So low points. Um. I'm going to be very nitpicky for this is it is the long shots of them walking like three or four houses down. And I think Rift tracks made it made it pretty funny. Like when they did this movie, you know, they go and cut. No, no, no. Now cut, <laughs> cut here. Come on. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I get that. I mean, I, I think that's still interesting though. It, it's something you don't normally see, you know, and, Normally in slasher movies, it's like cut, 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 cut. You know, they're like yeah. they're trying to like bang out what little story they have, you know, pretty quickly. Um, and it's yeah, it's interestingly enough. I mean, this is again in the very early days of the slasher, but it's interesting to see, um, you know, a, a different kind of take on it. Again, you know, this is John Carpenter making a slasher, so it's going to be a slightly different take on it. But right, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just interesting. I like it because it's a little bit different outside of that. Now, would you consider all those long shots of just Michael watching them, and that's or nerving. That's the only yeah. thing I can see him keeping it in there for. Yeah, I mean it's it's just you know unnerving. It's just supposed to build suspense. You yeah. know, it's just supposed to you know, you know, kind of twang that <laughs> that that wire that's holding you in place. You know. Yeah. What about low points for you? Um, <laughs> low points. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I'd call the whole Doctor Loomis thing a low point. It's <laughs> just a ridiculous point. You know. I mean, it's just. To me, like every time I watch it, I'm just like, how is this guy a psychologist? How is anybody listening to this guy? But now I just see it as funny. I mean, now yeah. it's just interesting. So I, I guess it was originally a low point. Now I see it as a, an interesting point to like, you know, spin off conspiracy theories off of. But I mean, would you consider him being the trope of the ultimate hunter, knowing the antagonist very well that we see in other franchises going forward, though? I mean, it's 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 funny that yeah, he's like I'm the one who knows him best, even though like even said he didn't talk, he didn't move, he didn't yeah. react to his environment in 15 years, so like he knows as much about him as I do, right? Yeah, and he's still trying to pretend like he's an expert. I mean, it's, so, it's, yeah, I mean, I guess yeah, sure, that'll be it's fair. But I mean, like, <laughs> it's, it's a trope. You always have that one person like I know the evil. I've been studying for years, and they like only appear in one movie. Yet he's in five, right? Right. So. All right, so butcher knives out of ten. Um, I am giving this one ten. Absolutely, 100%. what a shock! <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I love this movie. I, I there's no denying that. What about you? Um, I mean, it is a great movie. I mean, it is it is a 
a very well-made slasher. Um, I mean, it's, like I said, one of the original slashers. So um, I will give it nine butcher knives out of ten. Okay. The reason I give it nine is just because um, slashers aren't my favorite kind of movie, but it's still a great movie. That's fair. All right, so you want to take us into Halloween 2? Uh, yes, Halloween 2. Halloween 2 um, basically starts off at the very end of Halloween 1. It actually recaps the last like five minutes of the movie. Um, and you know, it shows him getting shot by Dr. Loomis. He falls out the window. He lands in the front yard. And then he gets up and runs away. Um, and then the movie just keeps going from there. Um, so, uh, you know... Laurie Strode gets taken um, by ambulance to the hospital um, where she's joined by the last starfighter <laughs> to keep her company. <laughs> uh, I guess he, he like immediately takes a liking to her, I guess. Um, and so they go. So they're going off to the hospital. And then it shows, you know, Michael kind of wandering through the neighborhood. There's like a weird scene of like, you know, the old couple where she's like making him a sandwich <laughs> and he's like sleeping, watching TV. Um, so she goes in the other room to like wake him up. And she leaves the knife on the counter and he takes the knife and he leaves, um, which I think is an interesting point because it kind of shows that he doesn't necessarily have to kill everyone he comes in contact with. But what's he do after he gets that knife? Well, yeah. <laughs> but again, we're going into he obviously has um, some kind of of sexual issue, right? Yeah. So like whenever he like sees anything that like attracts him, he has to murder it. Right. Because um, he goes so, to that so, other right. woman's house. Right, yeah. He goes to the other woman's house, um, you know, who he spots through the window, I think, right? Right. Uh, yeah, and he goes over to her house and, you know, he does his typical lurking around, um, pops out and stabs her. And that, that scene where he stabs her is kind of interesting. Is it's the first scene where we really see his eyes. It's like that one, that's really the only kill in that movie, too, because I was looking for it. Because that one is just kind of weird because the word, the camera angle, the way they zoom in and the lighting, you plainly see his eyes sticking out of the mask. Yeah. You know, they got that crazed look to him. But yeah, like throughout the rest of the movie and through almost all the rest of these movies, there his eyes are always in shadow. Right. It's the um, darkest it, eyes. Right. But the funny thing is, is like in Halloween 1, one of his eyes was like stabbed out yes. with the, the hanger. Right, yep. and they they show that when he, when they, when she do, pulls the mask off, and we see him for like that second or whatever. Um, his eye is just like a a like bloody <laughs> hole, right? I mean, there's no eye there, so it's interesting that his eye is now back. Yes. Um. Anyway, so yeah, so he's killing his way, um, kind of through the neighborhood. <laughs> yep. Um. And then uh, Doctor Loomis, uh, you know, he goes with uh, to the to the hospital, um, to try to. You know, I guess um, find out. Well, well, they were they were looking for Michael, but he ends up going to the hospital to see what happens um, to, to Lori. They're like, you know, looking around for him, obviously because he's missing. They shot him and he's gone. He screams at the cop like, "I shot him six times!" Like, I swear he says it like ten times, screaming at the car. Um, and he jumps in the car, and they're like, you know, driving around the neighborhood looking for him. Um, yeah, Lori goes to the hospital. Um, there's a lot of scenes. Of the hospital. Yeah. Of just like nurses and doctors and, you know, just like walking, you know, room to room and like lots of weird, like jump scares of stuff of like the nurse call button. And like they use that nurse call jump scare like at least three times. Well, I mean, if it works, right? I guess. <laughs> like I've never <laughs> seen a nurse call me that loud. But again, I, 
I wasn't in a hospital. Well, technically, I was in a hospital in 1978, but I don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Because <laughs> I was being born at the time. Oh, I don't. I don't remember 1978 at all. <laughs> I imagine that. <laughs> Um, I mean, so, I mean, I guess maybe, I mean, to me, it just, it looked like it wasn't really a hospital. It looked like a warehouse that they like converted into a hospital for the movie, which I mean, they probably did. Yeah, it's fair. Um, yeah. So Loomis is like, you know, driving around the city with the sheriff, like trying to find him. Um, so, uh, Lori goes to the hospital. Um, yeah, they're saying that she got stabbed like near her heart, which didn't really happen. But again, they're just doing it to put her in there for some reason. Um, they just kind of drug her up, and then she's just kind of in that bed for like the next like hour. Yep. Right. She's just like occasionally somebody will go and like visit her, like you know, creepy last starfighter guy goes and looks at her a bunch of times, <laughs> um, and you know, and the nurse looks at her a couple times, and that's like it. I mean, she's for a large part of this movie, she's just like not in it. She's just kind of drugged out, even though she's the main character in the first one. Interesting. Um. Yeah. So yeah. So you get the the creepy dude <laughs> watching her. Uh, Michael eventually, um, I guess, kind of creeps through the neighborhood. Eventually, makes it to the hospital. Um. Then the first person he kills is like the uh, security guard guy, who's like you know looking through the storeroom because they they heard a noise. Even though you like clearly see him moving around on the monitors, but he's not watching the monitors. Right. Um, so he, you know, he goes in the storage room. He kills the the security guard um, that was trying to find him. Um, they just kind of makes his way through the hospital. Um, he kills. I want to say I know there's the one nurse who we don't see right now, but we find out that he killed her later. Yeah. Um, and then there was the nurse who decided to go in the hot tub. Yeah. With the other paramedic guy, and so the Bud. paramedic guy and her, right? Yeah. So the paramedic guy gets killed and then she gets like burned alive slash drowned in the, in the jacuzzi. Fantastic. So I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. It's like, it's interesting scene because it's just like all this like latex, like dripping off of her face, like trying to look like it's like third degree burns, but like the water is only like 120 degrees. Like, right. It's not that hot. But. It's cold out there. It's going to get cold in here. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's ridiculous. Like, she's supposed to be, like, the night nurse. She's the only one in this whole ward. She's like, the night nurse for the maternity ward. Right. And then she's like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go, you know, bone my boyfriend on the side, you know. We'll have the door open. The even you're going to hear kids screaming. Yeah. Dear God. The door wasn't even open. <laughs> no. <It> was, <laughs> There's no way the hot I mean, tub was, was in the same floor. Let's yeah, face it. It just, was in the basement. I mean, yeah, the... Uh, um, the irresponsibleness of, of everyone in this movie is ridiculous. Like the paramedics aren't working. The doctor was like, literally they said in the beginning of the movie, he was, he was drunk yep. because he was drunk at his country club. They had to call him in. So he's drunk. <laughs> he, you know, the one nurse is late and then, you know, she's obviously just like trying to mess around with her boyfriend, the whole shift, you know? I mean, it's, yeah, everybody is just bad at this. The, the security guard even like left and like gave his radio, to the other nurse. Yeah. And then somehow he had another radio anyway, and then was talking to her over the radio. Like, I don't know how the writer missed that one. But it never worked. Like, she he kept gave, switching the knobs. And- right. But like, he clearly gave her the radio, like here, listen to this while I'm going to go out for a smoke or whatever he said. 
And then he had another one. Uh-huh. Like he clearly gave her the radio to say, watch this while I'm gone. And then he had one anyway. Yes. It was weird. Anyway. So, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, they both end up getting <laughs> getting killed. Of course, Michael cuts all the phone lines. Um, and, of course, he slashes all the tires for all the cars in the parking lot. Um, so, the one nurse that eventually does, like, you know, see dead people and realize what is going on and tries to escape goes to a car. And, of course, all the tires are flat. Um, and then she can't get out. Um, and I believe uh, who sent her out. I think that was, I think it was, was it Loomis? Did he finally show up? No, because Loomis, there were, there see, they, we see all the commotion. We saw the aftermath. We see the sheriff, you know, going, Hey, it's, it's, it's Annie that, you know, Oh dear God. And so someone else takes him. They go to the, they go to the school. There's a breaking at the school. Oh, right. Okay. And that's when the marshal comes, right? Yeah. Then the document yeah. has to come back. He's been called back under martial law. You know, they go to the school and the guy has the flashlight on the fully lit room. Right. Look here. Oh, yeah. He's a cop. Pictures. Look here. <laughs> Sam Hine. <laughs> <laughs> right. And yeah. there's a knife through the picture of the, of the sister. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> right. so they realize, yeah, so, yeah. oh, that, and that the nurse comes back in the first one and he goes, Lori's true. That's Michael Myers' sister. Right. Yeah. Conveniently. <laughs> right. As they're yeah, as, as they're on their way back to the hospital. Correct. Yeah. Oh, that's Lori Strode was his sister. They sealed the records, and he's like, "Well, I've been you know his doctor for fifteen years. How come I didn't find out about it? Oh, this was a hidden file. Right. So that's where this he was pulls out his gun, does a warning shot to the marshal, and then t- the marshal right. then he forces him to the hospital. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. So he uh. Yeah, gets back. Uh, in the in the meantime, before he gets there, like the last starfighter finds the other nurse that was dead, um, and she is like on the surgery table, like buckled down, and she apparently got like an IV stuck in her arm, and so all her blood drained out all over the floor. Yep. And he just slips on the blood, falls down, and then smashes his head, and apparently dies. They don't really focus on that he's dead. They just focus on like he got knocked out or something, yeah. right? But he's gone for the whole rest of the movie. So apparently, no, not the whole rest. Comes back. No, does he? Yeah. Um. When when because Lori comes out of sedation, she didn't take her pills. Michael Myers is going around trying to find her. He goes to stab her in her bed and it's pillows. She runs out to the cars. Lori does, realizing all the tires are slashed, and she hides in one of the cars. And so it was one of the nurses found out all the tires were slashed. She just ran out there to hide in one. Right. But yeah, she saw that too, but she went out to the hide, but the guy comes back and goes, happens to go into the car that Lori's in. Oh, that's right. And he was all like, yeah, he was all like, he's concussed. And then he falls forward on the horn, alerting that Mike to Michael, that Lori's outside. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah. So then he comes out and, you know, Loomis comes and and they go well they go in the hospital as Lori's like trying to crawl right um, into the hospital it's because she couldn't scream before they got in so of course as soon as they close the door she can scream and right hear um so she gets up she gets to the door she starts screaming um they eventually do hear her um and then they come and they open the door and they bring her in so it's it's Loomis the nurse and the cop yeah. Um, and then her, and then they all come in, and it's pretty funny because Michael just walks through the window, he walks, walks through, through the glass completely. of the door, 
Yeah. Like if it was that easy to break, why didn't she just it, it like her banging on it should have broken it. Correct. Like literally with the force that Michael walked into it, her banging on it should have broken it anyway. Um, so yeah, so, uh, he tries, to, you know, he shoots him a bunch of times and he falls down. Um, cop is like, oh, he must be dead, you know, and he keeps telling him to stay away from the body. Get away from so, him. Yeah. And he keeps <laughs> going near it. And of course, you know, he gets his throat slashed. Yeah. <sighs> um, so then, yeah, he tells the nurse to go, you know, get help or whatever. And then of course, Michael's chasing, um, Lori and the doctor. Well, he kills the nurse with a scalpel enough to lift her in the air. Right. She's the one that found the slash tires. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> right. So, yeah, they're, they're you know, chasing him through the hospital. Uh, they end up in a surgery room. Um, and they're like, of course, you know, Loomis has shot at him a bunch of times and it's having zero effect. And, and of course, he gives the gun to Lori. Because he got stabbed and he's like hurt at this point. Um, so he gives the gun to Lori and her perfect aim again. Shoots twice. Shoots out both of his eyes. Right. Right. Ding, ding. Perfect shots. Um, so he can't see and he's just like slashing wildly. So they're like making noises trying to get him to like move around the room. And so they end up like opening up all these valves on on tanks like oxygen and ether. and To you know, lure him to the other right. side to get away from each other. Right, yeah. So Lori ends up getting out of the room, and then Doctor Loomis decides to sacrifice himself by, you know, banging on the on the thing to get Michael to come over by him. And then as soon as Michael comes over by him, he lights a lighter, and there's a big explosion. Yes. And they show Michael walk out on fire and fall down, and then like the whole closing credits of the movie is like his face burning to Mister Sandman. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then show it burning for quite a while. It's like oh, yeah. minutes. Oh yeah, absolutely. So what are your what were your first thoughts on when you seen this? I don't know if you recall when you watched Halloween two, if you when you realized there was a Halloween two in the franchise. Um, I believe I watched it around the same time as I watched the first one. Um and this one I believe I've only seen twice because I saw it, you know, I, I saw it around this time period. Um, and then again, when I was I was trying to do all, it was in the late nineties when I was trying to like rewatch all the franchises, yeah, or where they were up to that point. Um, and I know I watched it again then. Um, well, what were your first thoughts? And then so I think it's only this will be the third time I've yeah. seen it in total. Um, I mean, it, it's 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 all right. I mean, it's it's weird that they kind of shift the focus. I mean, Laurie Strode seemed kind of. You know, confident and strong-ish in the first one. Yeah. I mean, obviously she was screaming, but at least she was capable. And this one, she just kind of seems like it like took her power away almost. So where she was just like, you know, kind of present and just a, a prize to be moved around. Like she doesn't defend herself really at all. I mean, obviously she does the, the, the perfect two shots, but that's really the only thing she does. Yeah. Yeah. The rest of the time, she's just like incoherent and like babbling, you know, out of like shock or fear, whatever it is. Um, and if, if she's really in shock or fear that much, I mean, these doctors pretty much just leave her alone right? the whole time. I mean, just the, it's shocking how, like, irresponsible this hospital is. There's, like, you know, four people working in this entire hospital, and all of them are fuck-ups. Yep. Like, all of them are. I mean, everybody's, you know, a complete idiot. And, like, there's no, like, 
emergency room staff apparently there's no like you know night janitors there's only like four people in this whole building right they're all dead and they all leave all the light well i mean the power got knocked out yeah i mean uh, do you, do you, there was another death in there where i think he threw the guy into the power or is that the fourth that's one? the fourth one it's the fourth one yeah sorry that's <laughs> all right um do you think it's a worthy rewatch though uh, yeah, I mean, if you're watching the first one, yeah, you should watch this one again. Is it pretty much takes place the same night? The same night. I mean, it was made close-ish to the first one. I mean, two it was years. Made, two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was made like two years later. Um, and it's still written by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill, the same people who wrote the first one. Right. Um, obviously John Carpenter did not direct this one, but he was very much involved. Like he wrote and produced it. Um, he just didn't direct it, so it's it's still very much his um his you know work his world yeah. right. Um, so yeah, if you're going to watch the first one, you should definitely watch the second one. They kind of go in. Right. And it's something we've discussed before. When we talk about sequels, you know, I consider it to be a must watch when you watch the first one. It's the same night. Mm-hmm. And it, I think, you know, my first thought, I'm like, it's a pretty good follow up. And on the rewatches, you know, like I said, we watch this all the time. It is a, it is a worthy, it is a good successor. Not as good as the first one, but it is pretty good. Um, and for you know, still being the the template for slashers, we see something that we don't really get. In slashers though is the final girl in this case, Lori, is in the second one and also lives through it. Right. Yeah, that's very rare. Very rare. Right. And this is the template. So yeah, and I see now. Yeah, like here's here's the thing, and here's the here's the reason why I think a lot of slashers took the wrong information from this they took they took the the right from the first and they took the wrong from the second is that so many other slashers later on because in the first one he just like he either strangles people or he stabs people with a knife that's it yeah right he did just just to the point just wants them dead right this one is where we start getting into the wacky kills right we start getting into oh the the nurse dies from the iv being stuck in her Oh, you know, oh, the, uh, you know, the guy gets, you know, stabbed in the eye with the, the doctor gets stabbed in the eye with the the syringe, right? Right. Um, You know, like, you know, oh, there's a a boiling jacuzzi, like, oh, she gets drowned and and burned in the jacuzzi at the same time. We start seeing the goofy kills in this one. Well, I mean, Um, you know. Yeah. So we have the doctor killed off screen. We have the Mm -hmm. nurse killed off screen. We really don't see much blood getting killed it's just through the the frosty glass right so a lot of kills even though they're wacky the wackiest ones we don't really see right well i mean you do see him like jabbing somebody in the eye with the the syringe the one nurse nurse when yeah she comes but in. like the yeah. doctor had like a bunch of needles come out of his face right he just had the one in his eye i think but yeah i mean it's fair he was off screen yeah which is surprising. Um, but yeah, but yeah, the whole like, oh, you know, oh, you know, the guy sitting in the chair being dead and people don't realize he's dead till they turn the chair around, like the goofy kills with like the wacky improvised weaponry, you know, like all this, the kind of cheesy stuff we see in slashers later on. This is, I think, the dawning of that. I wonder if it has to do with the fact that Friday the 13th had come out by now and they were going off the template of Halloween and had more over the top kill so they yeah, I, responded like I said, back I'm, to it 
I'm pretty sure they did. And I'm pretty sure that's what it is. And I get a lot of it is just affects people that want to show off the kind of effects that they can do. Oh, absolutely. I, get that. I appreciate that. And I salute that. But I'm thinking, I'm saying that a lot of these slasher movies, like that's all they're about is these wacky, goofy kills. Yeah. I mean, eventually, I mean, it culminated in like Final Destination when that's literally the entire movie. That's the plot of the movie yes. is wacky kills. Yes. Right. That's like everything revolves around that. Yes. But I mean, yeah, things leading up to that point is just all these franchises, just all these wacky kills, you know, goofy improvised weapons or, you know, silly ways of de- of dying or, you know, yeah. goofy stuff like that. The, the, like, I think this is like the template. Like you said, this around this time period is when people started figuring out, hey, we need to kill people as, as wacky and interesting as possible. It was the and, 80s. And it's, they had to. Yeah. But uh, yeah, a lot of the movies after this point, that's all they concentrate. Yeah. They, they skimped on everything else and that's all they focus on. Yeah. Um, so let's obviously get into the biggest lore of this, of the revelation that Laurie Strode is Michael Myers' sister. Now, right, and what a stretch that is. Well, okay, so she's seventeen, right? And the original murders happened fifteen years before that, right? She was alive when in nineteen. She would have been sure, yeah. Nineteen sixty-three, yes. So. The idea that the bad child psychologist had no idea that a two-year-old daughter existed, a two-year-old well, sister existed of his patient, and then we right, have but, flashbacks uh, uh, of her visiting him in the asylum, like while she's on. Why she's why she's in that movie? Are you sure? Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure. Unless it was, because I know there's two different versions of the movie. I know there was the movie that he filmed a bunch of extra stuff for yeah. for TV. But in this one, there's no flashbacks of her going to the asylum. I don't think. I distinctly remember that. After the revelation came, that while she was under, while she was unconscious, that she had that. Uh, you might be right. So I mean, lore wise, though, you know, now we. Yeah, we, I remember. I remember a girl in a dress. Yeah. So that. Yeah. yeah. Um. So lore wise, we, I we kind of took out the mystery, the suspense, the randomness, that was the first movie, and we gave it a reason. For, well, they they had a reason in the first one. That's the thing. Like that, you didn't need to give him a reason. He already had a reason. And that when, what was the first thing that he did when he got out of the hospital, right? What was his main focus? To go home. Right. He got home. Who was the first person he saw after he got home? Lori Strode. Because she put the key under the front door. Right. She came up to his door. She like advertised himself to or herself to him. And after that point, he started stalking her through the whole movie. He was following her in the car the whole time. Typical serial killer behavior. He focused on her, hyper-focused on her was obsessed with her, just like he was obsessed with, you know, his sister. Anything that attracts him or makes him, you know, sexually excited, he has to kill. That's like his whole focus. So he already had a focus. So because she got away, he could have just went after her and killed her. I don't think the whole sister angle is is needed at all. Right. You know what I mean? Like, later on, I understand, you know, there's, you know, we need more you know, meat for like four five and six to like, to latch onto after Lori is no longer part of the story. Right. right? 
Um, but in this one, I don't, again, I didn't see the reason why, like why I don't under, I didn't understand why they needed to add that in there. And then they added, they added like, oh, he tried to kill his whole family. We saw in the first one, he walked out the front door with the bloody knife to his parents and made no move to hurt them right. at all. And he would have he a two-year-old sister there. there as well that he did nothing right. to. Right, and he would just he just stood there staring forward with the knife in his hand, and the, his parents walked up to him, were able to like, you know, cuddle him and take the knife away. Oh, what's wrong? What's wrong? He never tried to attack them or kill them at all. They like they tried to add more to the movie that wasn't in the first one at all. So you find again? It be- I just thought it was a, ch- a cheap reason they didn't need to put that in there. I don't know why they did. Yeah. All right. I guess to give like a definitive, solid foundation, concrete reason why, you know, because they, right. they can't understand like, oh, just the first girl he saw. Yeah. I mean, because that was that was the undertone, which people probably didn't catch on. So they gave it a more obvious thing of that's I, I mean, I get that. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I do listen to a lot of true crime and stuff. So, I mean, I understand how, you know, serial killers hyper focus on things and, you know, it doesn't. You know they'll keep going after the same person. You know as long as they don't get caught. So do you do you think it's the hyper focus, or do you think it's the fact that you know he just wanted to be home and left alone, and she might be someone to disturb his home that he just wanted to be at? Well, I mean that's that's part of it. I mean I think that was his main focus is he wanted to get home, and he he did that anything to get there. Like he even killed that other guy, right? To get there. And he was willing to kill the nurse and the doc and and the doctor in that car to get the car so he could get home. I mean, he was doing anything to get home. He just wanted to get out of that place. Right. So I, my conspiracy theory will play more okay. into this and the reasons why later. Um, but uh, just focusing on what the movie says is, you know, he wanted to get home. He got home. Now he sees that his home is like you know dilapidated and destroyed. Right. Um, he eats whatever the dead dog or whatever they say he ate. They didn't show it. They just like talk. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then the first thing that comes up to his door is this young woman. And as, as we've seen, especially in the first one, it's like anything that he sees as like uh, an attraction, like, a, you know, a sexual attraction to him, he has to kill it. Whatever happened to him, right? Whatever is going on in his brain in, in the first movie, at least that is what he does. That's why he kills all the other girls, right? Is because, you know, they're doing sexy stuff, right? Right. Or like he's attracted to them in some way. So he has to kill them. The guys he only kills because they're in the way. Yeah. They're in the way of him getting to the, to the girls. So he has to kill them and he just kind of blatantly kills them. I mean, he doesn't, you know, really get into it. Whereas the women, he usually like stages them or, you know, whatever, you know, he does something interesting. Like he did the tombstone thing right. with the one, you know, well, because, obviously yeah. he's moving bodies around. Cause he moved the other one in the closet. You know, I mean, goofy we don't know what he's doing well when the camera's not on him right but there's obviously some kind of weird sexual perversion stuff going on here right and the first one that he sees that comes up to his door though in his mind she could be like again twisted serial killer mind she comes up to the door she's inviting him in right yeah so of course he oh if she's inviting me now i'm gonna hyper focus on her and i'm gonna follow her around he follows her to school he's standing outside watching her in school He's following her in the car. Like whenever they're driving, his car is literally following them everywhere they go. You know, yeah. and then he's like walking behind him while those long, long, long walking shots, he's watching them the entire time. Right. 
He's hyper-focusing on her. He needs to get, again, I mean, yeah, if you want to put in that, oh, is the daughter, you want to add more, you know, I just don't think it was needed. I, I think the reason to, to that he wanted to hunt her and kill her was already there. I don't think it needed Right, more. but this lord does play a bigger part through the rest of the storm timeline, though. Yes, yes, it does. So. All right. I'm going to say, and this one in particular, I'm not, the rest of them, yeah, I mean, obviously the rest of them would not exist if this was not the truth, right? You know, if the, right. this wasn't actually his sister. I get that. Yeah. I'm just saying this one, I don't think they needed it. Fair enough. Well, what, what are highlights for you in this? Um, highlights in this one, um, I mean, I liked um, how it was kind of focused on, like, the hospital. Like, the, almost the whole movie happens in this hospital. I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting when they, they kind of just focus on, like, one building. Right. For, like, most of the movie, right? So, it's like you get to see all these different, like, places in the movie. You get to see the same characters doing the same, you know, hallways and stuff like that. I, I mean, I like the, the way that they, they did that. Again, this this was probably not a hospital because it didn't really appear to be a hospital, but it just seemed like um, it, it, the way it was staffed and it acted like it was a clinic, not a hospital. Right, 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 right. But yeah, I mean, that's fair. I mean, for me, a highlight or highlights are, um, like that they took a movie that was two years later and they made it the same night, which mm-hmm. we don't see often you know that we have it years apart between movies and it's the same night you know it's the night he came home still or whatever the tagline was right because right. the first one was the night he came home <laughs> um and I, I mean I, I like Dr. Loomis that he starts seeing more of his madness in this you know he was mad in the first one but he just Continuing the spiral, as we'll discuss, as the recap of his of your conspiracy theories and stuff like that. But it just seemed more seemed more, you know, into his madness. Right. Yeah. Uh, what about low points for you? Um, low points again. It's the wacky kills. I mean, I, I mean, this movie. They're not particularly egregious in this movie. I'm not saying that they're bad. Um, they're really not. It just I really think that this is the start of that whole kind of movement. Um, or maybe not this movie particularly, but this, you know, it was a big factor in it, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and I just don't like that that slasher direction that it went in. I just you know, it went from the first one where he just like strangled or stabbed people because that was what he had available to this one. He's like, you know, using wacky tools in his environment and stuff and I don't know. I think he would have I think he would have just stuck to strangling and knifing personally. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think overall, though, like the Halloween franchise doesn't have really many over the top kills like we see, obviously, in other franchises. It's still kind of low key in comparison to them as they get on in their franchises because they get even worse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's goofy ones every now and again. Yeah. That's fair. Um, a low point for me is going to be what you kind of discussed earlier is that we had the big, strong, you know, Laurie Strode protagonist, and she, they, made her injuries more critical really just to kind of like not have her be in it as much. And she was more of a helpless final girl than the strong one that we had in the first one. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that was, yeah, that was just, 
I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know why they changed her character so much. Like again, they had her like literally have like a like a mental breakdown to where she was like basically kind of like mentally like disabled for most of this movie. Like she was incapable of like rational thought. Right. Which yeah, I think it does her a disservice. I think she was stronger than that. And and uh, most of the other movies that she is in, she is not like that at all. Correct. So yeah. All right. So how many butcher knives? Would you give this out of ten? Uh, for this one, I will give it a seven out of ten butcher knives. Fair. Um, again, you know, it's it's still up there. I mean, it's still a good movie. I mean, you know, I'd still consider it, you know, a, a good movie. It's it's not as good as the first one, but um, yeah, not not fantastic either. Yeah, mine's gonna drop down one point. I'm gonna go with nine. So I think it's. I think if you watch the first one, you have to watch this one. It's the duology. I think it's just a really great companion, so they're pretty up there for me. Yeah, that's fair. All right, so the next movie we'll be discussing, because we will be skipping Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, because it's not part of the Thorn timeline. Um, It'll be in its own separate podcast, along with the Rob Zombie ones. Um, So we're going to go into Halloween 4, which came out in 1980. 88, so it's t- the 10 year anniversary um, and it's you know, Halloween 4, the return of Michael Myers so um, we I believe starts off with uh, Dr. Loomis we find out he survived the fire as well yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a casual like intro of like, oh yeah, everybody survived the explosion. Right. Really, it looked pretty bad. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we saw his face burning for like two solid minutes while the credits and were going by. We, I'm pretty sure he right. didn't make and, it. You know, at this until Halloween four, we thought for nine years Michael Myers was dead. Right. He's gone, never coming back. So well, and especially Doctor Loomis. Yeah. Like Doctor Loomis, there's no way he survived. Michael Myers. Oh, he'll probably come back in a sequel. But- yeah. Loomis was dead. Nope, they're both dead. But with number fine. three, we never, we probably didn't expect to see Michael Myers again. Well, yeah, everybody expected to see him in three. And then right. He wasn't yeah. There. So, right. Um, so we find out that he's, you know, being transferred in ambulance to go to a different sanatorium. Um, and they're disgusting. And there's, you know, he's all bandaged up because he's a severe burn victim at this point, still 10 years later. I can't imagine they, gave him much skin crafts or anything. <laughs> yeah, no, he was still like wrapped up like a mummy. I'm yeah. pretty sure he was just burnt. Oh, and they show his hands. Yeah. His hands are still burnt. They don't actually show his face, but his Correct. hands are still like yeah. burn victim hands. Um so still discussing like, oh, he has a niece. And like that triggers him to wake up ten years later right. hearing he has a niece. So he kills Everyone in in the ambulance. He shoves his thumb through someone's forehead. <laughs> right, it's pretty hard to do, I think. Um, this is contr- maybe he peeled his flesh back and used his thumb bone. Maybe who knows? Maybe that's um. So he escapes, and we see Doctor Loomis. He's back now. Half his face is burnt. He's wearing a glove like Luke Skywalker after his hand got damaged. His mechanical hand to hide it from Yoda. And he has a cane 
and he, you know he's he's decently burned, but still pretty good for a like sixty year old at this point in time. Right. Um. So he starts chasing him down. Uh, he follows him to uh, a gas station. Um, and he goes, he sees him, and he goes to mechanic. He takes his overalls. His, so we go now. Those overalls, his cover coveralls. Like, all right, he's got his coveralls, and we don't see. You know, we see the mechanic working on it. We see some him getting killed, but then he killed like the the waitress at the diner. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know how many people he actually killed there, but he at least killed two, right because they show two. And he gets into a truck, and Doctor Loomis, being very gun happy, starts. God damn it, Michael died and starts shooting at him, misses right. him completely this time around, and he we all of a sudden he's not there. He was looking at him the entire time, hit like all the plates of the diner. And it comes out, you know, truck starts shooting him again, and the chill truck hits the gas pumps as you know, there's also gas pumps there, cause an explosion, Loomis's car gets destroyed. Um right. And we see an old priest kind of pick him up and talk about. Wait, hold on. You, you forgot the fact that that explosion also took out the phone lines. Yes. Destroyed all the phone lines to Haddonfield. <laughs> yeah. So there's only one place they come Right. Up. That's, that's, that's it. great infrastructure. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so they, you know, talk about the, uh, evil and the drinking of evil and stuff like that with the priest. Um, meanwhile, we've... This is the first time we see Dr. Loomis drink on camera. <laughs> yes, that's the full point. I'm pretty sure he's been drinking <laughs> this whole time, but this is the first time we see him drink. Right. And doesn't he keep the flask, too? Yep, yeah, sure does. <laughs> um, so, we, you know, cut to talking about Stuff like this, and they realize that you know we hear about Jamie Lloyd, who is the niece of Michael Myers, and um, you know she's had nightmares about him, and she doesn't know anything of who he is or anything like that. Uh, she's talking about going trick treating. Her her foster sister doesn't want to take her out because she's you know has other plans and like, Oh, sorry, I'm such a burden on everyone. Her reaction and all that stuff. And parents, foster parents get upset. You know, they have to go talk and then, you know, the, the foster parents go out to a party and leave their teenager daughter to babysit this and has to cancel date with, with Brady. Um, which makes him frustrated because he's probably looking to get some at that point because everyone gets lucky. Uh, He's also well, he's also young, right? Uh, so everybody gets lucky on Halloween. Is that a rule? I think so. I know that rule existed, but it has to be the rule, according to. Uh, hey, this is. I should go out on Halloween. Well, just gotta go ahead and fill Illinois if you can find it. <laughs> I think it's right next to Shermer. Illinois. There you go. <laughs> um. So once again, it's Halloween. Jamie doesn't have a costume, so Rachel takes her to. Like a convenience store again, you know, and help picking her out a costume, and she happens to pick out the almost identical clown costume that Michael wore in the first one. Um, she sees 
the boogeyman, he grabs a mask, he takes the same mask, but now there's, instead of being a painted William Shatner mask, it's just another mask um, that happens to be the shape's mask that he uses. Yeah, I got. I really got to say, the mask in this movie sucks. It gets worse. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it well, actually, it gets it gets worse and then better. Right, but yeah, this movie is terrible. Yeah. This is probably the worst <laughs> mask in all. Well, in all of the uh, in all of the Thorn timeline, this is definitely the worst mask. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, Brady's there. He's you know he's flirting with this other worker there. You know, right. Okay, to be fair, he wasn't flirting with her yet. No. Now, okay. She comes in, right? And she had a date with him that night. Yeah. She was told that morning over breakfast that she would have to stay and watch the kid, right? Yeah. Now, she doesn't tell him. And, like, again, her friend has to convince her to go to this store. She didn't want to go to the store because he was there. Yeah. Right? Because, oh, I don't want to go get her a costume there because that's where he works. He's like, well, it's the best place to buy a costume. So he has to convince her to go there, right? She goes there. She talks to him. And she's like, oh, by the way, I can't go tonight. I have to babysit. Like he was supposed to pick her up in like less than an hour. Yeah. And he's pissed. And I think rightfully so. Like if you know that you're not going to be able to go out somewhere and you don't call them and let them know as soon as you know, that's pretty shitty. Like if you don't, you wait until like an hour before and he's like, well, when did you find this out? She's like this morning. And he's like, and you're just telling me now well, the phone lines I were dead. That's fair. <laughs> the local <laughs> phone lines still work. It's only the outside the town that doesn't no, work. No, 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 still phones in don't the work. Town. That, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> but um, but no, because they got a phone call that morning. Yeah. Anyway, but I think I think it's fair at that point for him to be pissed. Right. His reaction to it is no, is that's not good. That's not fair. Him flirting with the other girl because of that, that's not good. But I think him being pissed off at her not telling him, I think that's fair. Right. So she takes Jamie trigger train at that time. Michael breaks into the house, find pictures of Lori in Jamie's bedroom and argues find that, uh, Lori Strode died in a car crash. So now we know why it was like a year ago. Why Jamie Lloyd is in foster care. Cause her mom is Lori Strode and she's dead. Um, Loomis arrives in Haddonfield looking for the sheriff that was there 10 years ago. And he's like, Oh, he's gone. <laughs> And they get the new sheriff um, and tells him that Michael Myers has returned. And he actually takes him seriously this time. Yeah, <laughs> sure does. Um, meanwhile, Michael, this is where Michael goes to the power station and throws a worker into the transformer and kills all the power <laughs> to the entire town because, once again, Haddonfield has this fantastic infrastructure in place. <laughs> right, yeah. One one set of phone lines coming in, one power transformer for the whole time. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Solid. Um, you know, then you know they realize that they have to do all the stuff again. You know, the new sheriff and Loomis are driving around. Michael goes in the police station and kills all the officers. Um, and then. Off screen. Off screen, yes. <laughs> and then we get ourselves a good old redneck lynch mob going after <laughs> Michael Myers. Right. Oh, you, you forgot how they realized something was wrong. As they were, they were all sitting in the bar drinking. Yeah. And like some came on TV saying like, oh, you know, the, I think they said like Michael Myers is back or, or something's going on in the town. And so they called the police station. He goes, oh, 
Uh, nobody's answering at the police station. Must be bad things happening. So, and that, so that's the like militia. their cue. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah, bad things are happening. We need to go because nobody answered the phone at the police station when they called one time. Right. And one what, what, didn't, you know, one of the guys was like, wasn't that your kid got killed 10 years ago? <laughs> Al. Al. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or Earl. 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 Of course Earl. it's Earl. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh. So they, you know, they're going to try and go back to the house. They get stopped. They get picked up by the sheriff and Loomis. They get brought, you know, to the sheriff's house where Brady is now cheating on Rachel with whatever her name is. <laughs> the sheriff's daughter. Um, the sheriff's daughter. I don't yeah, remember. I don't remember. Uh, See, like, this is a mistake. He should not have done correct. that. He was rightfully angry, and then he ruined all his righteous anger on being a shit. Right. So they go in there, and she's only wearing a shirt. Well, duh, no wonder what's going on. So, what does this shirt say? Don't remember. Cops do it by the. Uh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> she's wearing it for the whole rest of the movie. Come on, man. Yes, the whole rest of her movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, you know, she gets mad. Jamie kind of runs away and being chased Michael Rachel finds Jamie I said they arrive there uh, they barricade the house looking for all the stuff Loomis leaves to go look for Michael all the time <laughs> well yeah because he's like oh he's gonna go back to his house he's going home <laughs> yeah he's going home I'm gonna be there all white and bar yeah because you, you gotta put that drunken <laughs> I'm gonna be there all white and bar because <laughs> he's He's just insanely drunk. Yes. Um, the sheriff, you know, powers out. The sheriff has, you know, the, the radio in his basement trying to get through. Uh, Michael gets into the house and kills, you know, a deputy that's sitting in the chair. The sheriff's daughter's like, what? And he turns around and he's dead. And then we he uses a shotgun as a knife. As you do. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> and jams her up against the door and pins right. her through the door with a okay. shotgun. Like, okay. <laughs> I can, like, if you give someone an insane amount of strength, you could technically push a gun through their body, right? People are pretty soft and squishy. Like, you could <laughs> probably do that. But you can't make a gun stick through a wall. I'm sorry. It just doesn't happen. And even if you did, it would not hold a human body. Correct. It just it's not possible. Well, if a knife could do it, a gun could do it better. Uh, apparently, yes. In this universe, the physics are different. Yes. So I have to I have to digress. Um so they you know see what's going on. Rachel and Jamie go into the attic. Brady tries to fight Michael by himself, but he gets his head crushed in. Rightly so. <laughs> yep. Uh they go on the roof. What you get for cheating, Brady. Right. right. Uh, they go on the roof, and you know she's lowering down with the world's strongest coax cable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then it looks like she got hung at one it, point. It, yeah, she was fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, so you know Michael's attacking Rachel. She gets knocked off the roof, and she's unconscious from the fall. Uh, you know, Jamie runs on the street, screaming, trying to find someone, finds Loomis. They take shelter in the school, and, you know, first they go to the school, because that's safe there. Loomis gets thrown through a glass door, <laughs> which, after being blown up, should be nothing to him. 
Yeah, exactly. He should just get up and walk away. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Jamie trips, falls downstairs. Uh, she, before Michael can kill her, Rachel appears and subdues him with a fire extinguisher. And he just leaves because he goes, ooh, a fire extinguisher. I, I must be going now. <laughs> um, yep. So the alarm's going off because they broke into the school. Then the militia lynch mob shows up. Um, they agreed to take it. You know, go to the next town in the pickup truck, and you know, yeah, the, the the lynch mob's anger is immediately <laughs> thrown out the window when they realize that oh, they might be hurt. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we should really, we should go. Right, <laughs> we should get out of here. Right. Okay. Yeah, I've never seen I've never seen a good old boy <laughs> just back down like that. That ain't that. Old right. Boy. And there's there's a couple of them, but they, they they show another one like. I saw them in the bushes, and they all just open fire on this singular bush. <laughs> like they're like, oh, that that was whoever. Oh man, Ted, <laughs> we killed Ted. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're they're driving, and we find out that Michael's under the truck, uh, climbs and starts killing all four of the lynch mobs. You know, Rachel takes the wheel, starts getting attacked. They throw Michael off. She. Hits Ransom with the truck and sends him to like an abandoned mine area. Uh, so the rest of the lynch mob that wasn't killed, the sheriff and Loomis arrive. Uh, Jamie approaches him and sees this is the first symbol we get of the thorn on his arm. She touches it and then Michael immediately wakes up from the touch and then everyone just opens fire and shooting the, everything around him and he kind of falls into like an abandoned mine. Do they throw the grenade in that time or no? No, they don't show that whole yeah. like dynamite yeah. thing until the okay. next movie. But yeah, that apparently they did that. Right. Think. So, but in this one, they just show him all shoot and he falls, and then like the mine collapses. Like, collapses yeah. So he's he's dead. So you know they get back. You know the foster mother drawing her Jamie a bath, and then she's attacked. And we see what happens. We see that. We get the same point of view that we had in the first one. We see Loomis, you know, looking up, and it is Jamie holding a pair of scissors, um, very reminiscent of killing of there. And he goes, no! (laughs) (laughs) And he's going to shoot her immediately because he sees another evil, and then the sheriff stops him. Because, again, he's he's a fantastic (laughs) psychologist to where... Yeah, this poor young girl who's been through all kinds of trauma. Like, her parents died less than a year ago. Right. And now she's been through all of this death and destruction and horribleness, right? She's seen all these bodies murdered in horrible ways. And then so she reacts by, like, you know, lashing out at, like, her... um, Foster mom. Foster mom. And, yeah, his first reaction is, oh, I just need to murder her. Right. Well, we can't have another Michael Myers. Right. So at this... So, yeah. So... Um, your first thoughts on this movie was this your first time watching it? I'm pretty sure. You're pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I haven't seen this one. Before. Okay. Um, I mean, it's again, it's definitely a step down. <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's kind of annoying. I mean, now we're moving past the you know the the actual like Halloween franchise and into just like generic slasher goofy territory. Yeah. Um, not quite as bad as 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 it will get <laughs> but <laughs> but pretty bad i mean 
Michael looks terrible in this movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, like he's, they put like shoulder pads in the coveralls, I guess to like try to make him more intimidating or something, yes. but like, it makes him look like he has no neck. Correct. He, he looks <laughs> so like he's always he's in like, an upward shrug. Right. Right. Like he's like, like Frankenstein with these big like shoulder pads and the mask is just wrong somehow. It just doesn't look right. It just doesn't look right. It's at because all. they I mean, made it, it, a Michael Myers mask for him as opposed to the inside out spray painted Shatner mask. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, whatever it is, it's just, it doesn't work. It doesn't, it doesn't look right. I mean, just like, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of off putting about how like strange this movie is. Right. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so, I mean, like I said, this is your first time seeing it. Yes, I'm pretty sure it is. Okay. So, I mean, did you think it was a worthy follow-up for 10 years later after number three? No. Well, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, three, I mean, it's totally different. So, I mean, it would kind of be like, I mean, you know, because you're bringing Michael Myers back. Right. So, it would be like for two. But no, I mean, I mean, I I guess so. I mean, if you want the the franchise to move on, I guess it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they kind of resurrected him with like a goofy story. I mean, just the way that they introed it, like, Oh yeah, it was a big explosion, but everybody's fine. Yeah. It's like, uh, okay. I mean, just like a casual throwaway line in the very beginning, like, Oh yeah, both of them came out of it. No problem. They're fine. I mean, yeah, it's fair. Like I said, my first thought seeing this, I, at the time I saw this, it was probably like 97 at that point, 98. I thought it was good. Cause I went through and I went through and watched number three and then I went to this like, okay, they're returning to a little bit to form. Um, and on the rewatch, I will admit I struggle with watching four and five in the series. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not surprised. Um, but I still rewatch it every year. So it's not horrible enough for me to steer clear of it, but it's one of those, like maybe I'll occupy myself with something else while it's on. <laughs> type movies right right um so uh laura wise we see him having that more of the need to kill family members right yeah and then it's yeah it's it's like again uh, yeah that, that we introduced that with the second one, right so where he had to you know he wanted well and that one it was just he wanted to kill his sister because he wanted the whole family to die right, right. But then this one we get to like oh the whole family line has to die because the yeah like Laurie Strode is dead already correct and he has to end the line so he has to kill the only child that she had in order to you know stop the the bloodline I guess is what is what they're going for they don't they don't really kind of explain why in this movie correct they they will they will um, get to just, it <laughs> right yeah they will get to it but and this one they don't explain why just that that's what he wants to do like, that's why he wants to kill her is because she is the blood right. Of Lord, so it needs to happen. Now, do you did you find it it was the interesting ending point that maybe she took over the evil that it was genetic and that's why maybe he wants to kill the family? Uh, I mean, I guess that's fair. I mean, but again, I mainly saw it as like you know this is her being through a shitload of trauma, and if her you know becoming that trauma helps her survive it, is probably more likely. Yeah. And like this mystical supernatural evil, which they've only kind of alluded to. There hasn't been any kind of 
solid reason why right you know, anything at all just that oh he's have evil eyes from you know the crazy dr loomis screaming it that's it that's the only thing that we have yeah so i mean yeah i don't it's not like they show like a mystical smoke or anything coming out or anything like that it's just yeah this is how she reacts this is what she does i know that they, she's wearing the same clown costume and they you know they hearken back to like oh this that's what happened but like i mean it could have equally just been her you know trying to deal with her trauma in the only way that her brain is making sense. Right. Of I would compare this to the Friday the 13th where someone else took over the mantle. And that's what they alluded to in the new blood after they kill. So number five of Friday the 13th where it was a new person taking over the moniker of Jason Voorhees essentially. And that's kind mm-hmm. of feel like what's that's what they're leading up to at this point. This is 1988 so we already had like six Friday the 13th at this point in time. Right. Um, but, I mean, lore-wise, it's weird that, you know, he was weird woken when he found out he had a niece, which is a weird thing to discuss in the ambulance. Well, I think I think he was ju- he just woke up because that was an opportunity. Because he had been sitting in the same hospital for a right. decade. And now they're moving him to another hospital, and that's a perfect way for him to escape. But if they didn't say that, progress. if they didn't say that, would he have woken up i think he would have anyway okay. because I, again he's he's being moved to from in an ambulance from one hospital to another hospital where there's only two paramedics and the funny part is when the paramedics there's only two of them yeah right now when they pick him up they put him in the back there's one person that jumps in the back and one person that jumps in and drives they immediately cut to both of them being in the back seat and the car is still moving <laughs> So they either have a, you know, autonomous fucking car or no one is driving this car because there was only two of them. And now they're both back there and they both get killed. Maybe that's why they flew off the bridge. Exactly. Because nobody was actually driving the car. Maybe they're the idiot that like put it in cruise control and thinks they can go in the back <laughs> because they think it's going to drive itself. Now, do you think it'd been, I don't do you know. think lore wise? It would be interesting to at least allude to that Michael Myers killed Laurie Strode versus a car crash. I mean, I think that would be interesting, but I think it would be more like they should have. Well, I mean, if you're going to bring Laurie back, you should just put it at that point. Right. uh, Where he's going to kill her. But um, I mean, that's fair. But I mean, the way that they introed this movie, it wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. Because he's, you know, a mummy that's essentially been sitting still for a decade. You know, he wouldn't have gotten up to go murder people and came back and laid down in the same bed again. Like, that wouldn't have happened. Um, I mean, it would have definitely been an interesting story. I mean, obviously, it's like, you know, Jamie Lee turned him down, so they had to think of something else. Right. All right. So, I'll go with my highlights first for this one. You know, highlights for me, I said three at the time, I thought three was so out there. Obviously, a lot of people did, and we'll discuss that when we get to it. But I thought it was interesting as a good way for him to be back. And it's interesting that they brought back Dr. Loomis, like I said, where you see even more of a spiral into his madness. Like, he's just getting hmm. hitting bottom, rock bottom at this point in time. Right. So, from a character standpoint, I like that. You know, what, what, what uh, highlights for you, though? That's fair. Um, highlights in this movie. Jeez. Uh, 
Maybe the acid wash jeans that Rachel wore. <laughs> Those were some pretty awesome jeans. Did you have some in 1988? No. <laughs> I, did I did not have acid wash jeans in 1988. Okay. They were around. I just They were, like, expensive at the okay. time. Uh, what about low points for you? Low points, I got to say, it's it's just Michael's look in this movie. He just looks like... I don't know. He looks he looks like uh you know like a guy that's got like a like a hunchback or yeah. something and he's like trying to look strong so he's like trying to stand up straight but his like his hunch is like pushing his shoulders yeah. up. So like yeah, his shoulders are like even with his like ears. <laughs> and then he's the mask is just all wrong. It just looks cheap. It looks weird. Yeah. Um it's just yeah, it's it's just all wrong. His look in this movie is just all wrong. I mean, I bet they changed it because they made Jason Voorhees such a big, intimidating person because the people who play him were big, especially Kane Hodder, that they right. tried to beefcake him up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, the, the first one, man, he was just, like, a normal-looking, lanky guy. I and mean, he, he really wasn't, he wasn't, yeah. like, built or anything. Right. He was just, like, he had just, like, crazy strength. Yeah. That I mean, it's fair. Um... My low point is it's the it's the little girl. It's it's Jamie Lloyd. I'm not saying that she's a bad actor, but she just she makes the movie hard to watch sometimes. Well, spoiler alert: that's going to be my low point for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> this one is not as bad. I mean, it's fair. The next one, it's fair. Holy Christ! All right, so. Uh, for Butcher Knives out of 10 for me, I gave the last one a 9. This is going down yeah. to a 7 for me. I'm bringing it down okay. two points for the last one. How about for you? Uh, this one, uh, I'm going to bring down to a four. <laughs> four. This is going to be four Butcher Knives out of 10. Oh, boy. This movie is, is just <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, yeah, the way that it looks, the way that it's like shot, the way that, I mean, just the, the kills, the the craziness, the I mean, all the whole thing. It just brings it way down from the legacy that is one and two to this. Okay. All right. So then you want to bring us into number five. So Halloween five. Um. Yeah. So this one opens up. You know, right where the last one left off, where they show the exact same scenes of them driving down the street and Michael being on top of the truck, you know, trying to reach in and grab her. They stop. He flies off the truck. She hits him with the truck. He flies like towards the mine, whatever it is. And then all the cops get out and just shoot a lot. <laughs> uh, and he flies back, falls in the mine, and the mine like collapses around him. And then this movie adds a little bit where they run up and have a big block of dynamite. And they light the dynamite and throw it down into the mine. And of course, you know, even though the mine like collapsed, he, there's a little tunnel. Um, and Michael is able to drag himself through this little tunnel out to like the river that's on the other side of this. So the big dynamite explosion goes off. Michael is not in the explosion. Um, he gets in the river, floats down the river a little bit, um, and then manages to drag himself out of the river um, and then stumbles into like an old, like old man hermit's house. Old man Hermit goes, oh, you know, and then it kind of cuts out to black. And then it goes like one year later. <laughs> um, and I know that I know it doesn't happen right after that, but I'm just going to say it now. So I don't yeah. forget is that um, 
Michael, yeah, he wakes up after a year, um, apparently being tended to by this old hermit man and his parrot. And uh, he wakes up, he, he sees his mask, he puts his mask on and just immediately kills the old man. Like, no, thank you. <laughs> no, like, I appreciate you taking care of me for an entire year. Nothing. No, no, that just immediately murders him and then leaves. Um, but not before we see that he's got a little tattoo on his yeah. arm. Um, which is the first thing we see of the thorn, right? Um, obviously, at this point, we don't know what it is, and we just know that it's there. Um, but in some covers of this movie, that is, or there's some versions of this movie that is the cover art, is like literally the hand with the thorn symbol on it. So, anyway, so then we cut to that. So, um, Jamie, the little girl that survived the ordeal in the first one um, by attacking her stepmother, uh, is apparently fine <laughs> whatever whatever supernatural evil infected her has worn off um but it took her voice away so she's in like a mental hospital kind of deal like a children's mental hospital thing only now she can't talk right. uh, she's completely mute she can only like whisper um uh, so she's there um you know she's apparently having bad dreams and stuff i mean not really surprising um so her foster sister rachel who uh survived the first one or sorry this the fourth one which is the first in this kind of series um so she you know goes to visit her and then her friend tina and their dog max come in um you know and they're all having a party whatever um and then loomis comes in to check on her um and then she basically rachel basically tells her like yeah we know it's gonna be halloween um but your parents are out of town and also i'm going out of town so you're just gonna be by yourself. And she's obviously kind of distraught from that. I mean, understandably so. <laughs> um, Dr. Loomis, you know, comes in. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is normal drunk self. <laughs> um, and at, at this point, he's just, you know, uh, checking up on her. He's not, you know, doing anything wrong at this point. Um, but, you know, as a, you know, kind of cut back to, to Michael, um, you know, he's back. Um, you know, kind of going around. Um, he goes to, um, what does he do first? Uh, uh, he, well, they're going to, I know, I know he goes to their house, but what does something happen before that to make Loomis think that he's still alive? Uh, other than her nightmares, because she says there he, he has a connection that Jamie has a cycle a psychic right, yeah. connection. I mean, I, yeah, I know there's like a telepathic yeah. link, but she like she goes into like that weird like kind of seizure catatonic state, right? Thing. But then she, but that only happens like when he's attacked. But she emulates putting on a mask as Michael did when she when he goes and kills Rachel, right. So that's why okay. Loomis is convinced he's. I'll just say because I know I know Loomis came walking in when um, Rachel and Tina were in the yeah. room. I was just trying to remember why he was there. Just, was he it's just, Halloween. He's just checking up on it's her. Halloween. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think he was just checking. Yeah. Her. Um. Yeah. So yeah, Rachel. You know, eventually, you know, she's uh, supposed to be going out of town. Um, her friend Tina kind of convinces her to stay. Um, she kind of sort of wants to stay for Jamie, but she ends up, you know, deciding that she's going to go to this party, um, with her friend, yeah. Tina. Um, so she goes home to get ready. 
Um, and then when she goes home to get ready, there's like, yeah, that's when the first um, ep- episode happens to where, you know, she's having like a psychic yeah. link to Michael and she starts freaking out. And then she starts like telling them what's going on. And then they call her to like tell her to get out of the house. You know, so she like comes out of the shower. She's like still wet and she like runs out of the house because they tell her Michael is in the house, which is true. But of course, she doesn't see anything. Um, so, yeah, she goes outside. Nobody's there. You know, the cops come. Um, and uh, this is so off putting because this is this is the point where it, the, this movie loses <laughs> is when the cops come out of the house. They literally have like this goofy like Abbott and Costello like like Music like being bong, like 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 the rubber band you put in your mouth. That tw- <laughs> right, it's like do 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 woo. You know, I mean, it's like this generic goofy little song, and these two cops are like trying to like pretend like they're funny. It, it is so off putting. It like immediately kills this this whole movie for me. But anyway, so she's like, okay, there's nothing in the house, everything's fine. Oh, the dog that was gone is now running down the street, and, and he's fine. Like, okay, everything's fine. Close, you know, close call, whatever. So they, everybody leaves. She goes back in the house to get ready to start getting dressed. And of course, while she's getting dressed, Michael was in the house hiding in the closet, which apparently the cops didn't check the crime. Right. Um. So yeah, he was hiding in the closet. So he comes out and kills her, and uh, also apparently punches a picture of of Jamie. Um. Because yeah, it ends up. You see it yeah. later. There's like a bloody picture. Anyway, so yeah, she's the first one to go. Yes. So then we kind of cut to um, <sighs> Tina's boyfriend, or Tina and Tina's boyfriend, and and this other guy are like try, trying to like you know they're they're planning this big party at a farm. That was the one reason. That was what uh, the, the party that Rachel was getting ready for was this big farm party. Um, so they're gonna go to. Um, this farm yep. party. So they need beer to go to the farm party. So like the one guy works at the store. And so like, you know, her boyfriend or Tina's boyfriend is like this super cool, like greaser guy, car. right? Yeah. With this like, you know, old Camaro muscle car. And he's got these stupid looking like John Lennon glasses. And he's got like the big poofy, like grease hair. Yeah. Um, anyway, and the guy's like just a jerk. I mean, he just, you know, exudes jerk. So anyway, so he backs up to, you know, they put all the beer in the trunk um, and, you know, and he gets back in his car and, you know, the other guy runs away because he's like scared that his boss is going to see him giving beer to this guy. Um, so he's like fixing his hair in the rear view mirror. And then Michael comes out and like uses like a garden rake yeah. to like scratch his car. And so he gets out with a crowbar and he's like, oh, I'm going to get you. And he, I mean, doesn't even swing the crowbar. I mean, like literally barely even swing like holds it back. Um, and then Michael just grabs him and just, <laughs> just strangles him. Um, and anyway, and then whatever they just cut, he's dead. So then we, we cut to Tina is now all dressed and ready for the party. And Michael <laughs> shows up to her house in the boyfriend's car. Right. Apparently, he knows how to to bring up the top of an old school um, convertible. Of course, because he he brings up the top, and he's not wearing his normal Michael Myers mask anymore. He's wearing this other mask that apparently his uh, Tina, his girlfriend, had gotten like a wolf like this mask. Goofy, 
I don't know what it is. It's like bizarre yeah. looking. It's like an old whatever. It's a weird looking face. So like, you know, she sees him in the car. She's like, you know, trying to like show off her outfit or trying to get him to react. And he's like, he won't open the door. You know, she thinks he's just being, which is on par for him. I would, Right. Yeah. Which, yeah. The guy, I mean, like I said, the guy was a jerk. So I guess it's not all that wrong. And he eventually opens the door and gets in and he's like, yeah, like driving, like all kind of like crazy. And then she's like, Oh, I want you to stop and get me a pack of cigarettes. And he eventually like, you know, stops and squeals out on the road and, and backs up and, and lets her out. Um, to go to the gas station. And that's when Jamie has another one of her like flashes. She's like having like a seizure and she's seeing through, I guess, Michael's eyes, yeah. I guess, are, are just, you know, having clairvoyance as to where he is anyway. And she seems like, you know, like big a woman, big cookie woman. <laughs> a, a, yeah, a book, yeah, a big cookie woman <laughs> who's like a woman with like cookies over her breasts. Like, I don't even know what the ad was for. <laughs> right. Um, but anyway, so of course the cops immediately know where that is and they show up in like five seconds. I mean, it's fast. I mean, she's still inside buying the cigarettes and they, she's like barely comes out and like four cop cars like immediately show up and they're like, Oh, if you're Tina, please don't move, you know, please stop. And so they like grab her and throw her in the car and go to leave. And of course, when she goes back to like, you know, uh, let her boyfriend know what's going on, he's going right. Right. Um, yeah, it's it just kind of interesting that her boyfriend's name was also Mike. Yes. So she was like calling him Mike and Michael the whole time when that was actually his name. That, that might be why he didn't just kill Maybe. him. Maybe. Because she was actually calling him by his name and like, you know, kind of playfully playing with him, I guess. Okay. So yeah, she goes back to like the, uh, the, the clinic for like, I mean, maybe like a second. Yeah. Um, before she's like, yeah, all right, I got a party to go to. I'm out of here. So the cops give her a ride, you know, like Tweedledee and Tweedledum, the two, you know, cops that have their own theme song, decide to drive her to the farm party that they were all getting ready for. Um, so they drive her to the farm party. You know, she gets out and, you know, this big, you know, teenage party. She goes in, she meets up with the, the guy who got the, her boyfriend, the beer, and then her other friend, apparently. Um, and so they're all like, you know, just hanging out and, partying like kids do whatever um so the other two not tina but the other two decide that they're gonna go um you know mess around in the barn they go in the barn and they find some kittens and they're all like chasing kittens around in the barn and there's like all these like kind of you know jump scares where like the one guy is scaring her and you know all this goofy stuff is happening anyway um so yeah eventually they decide to mess around so tina leaves them alone right because obviously she doesn't want to watch that um, so they're like, you know, doing their thing, <laughs> getting it on. And then Michael um, ends up coming up on him when, <laughs> when they're doing the deed. And he and he stabs the dude with a pitchfork yep. <laughs> like through his body. Um, and he's down. Um, and then, uh, you know, she's obviously screaming and she's attempting to like to, to fight back. And she takes out the pitchfork from the dude. And goes at him with it. He just like grabs it out of her hand. Um, and then, you know, easily just kills her too. Um, so then Tina comes back <laughs> later um, to go in there, you know, and she finds like a bloody cat. Um, but she, you know, looking around and she eventually finds their bodies. Um, and then she gets chased by Michael for a little bit, but she does, she gets out and goes and she, she gets out. Okay. 
Um, so like everybody is running and screaming, you know, because they, I guess that they understand that death is here now. <laughs> so they're all trying to like run away and leave. Um, and the cops were sitting outside the whole time. So they're like, you know, going, Hey, what's going on? Um, and then Michael comes out and kills them both with the pitchfork. <laughs> um, so then Tina comes by to get their help and they're already dead. <laughs> um, and then while she's walking out, she sees Mike, her boyfriends in the car and she's like, Oh, you're here. You know, get me a ride, get out of here. And it's, you know, she finds out that it's, it's Michael Myers, not her boyfriend, Mike. Um, so then he's like chasing her around with the car. And at this point, Oh yeah. I, I forgot to say like Jamie and her little, um, slow friend, Billy left the, the, yeah, that left the children's hospital, um, left their like, Halloween costume contest or whatever little goblin costume contest, whatever it was. Um, and they ran the whole way from that clinic all the way to this farm that they somehow knew how to get. Of course. Um, by themselves. No one stopped them. No one said anything. So they made it this whole way in this time. Um, so they get there at this same time. Um, so of course they're like, you know, Michael's like trying to run out everybody with the car. Um, and he mostly, fails um i think he ends up clipping the little boy he he gets injured um and then she's like you know chasing down tina chasing down jamie um he doesn't actually get anybody eventually crashes into a tree um and of course survives and he gets out and he is going after him and uh end up tina ends up sacrificing herself um you know so she gets stabbed so that jamie could get away um, and then as they're running away, Loomis shows up again out of the forest, um, grabs Jamie, and then they, you know, escape. Michael, you want her? You got to go where it all started. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he lures Michael back to his original family home, yep. you know, this childhood home again. Um, so, yeah, so he brings her, the girl there, and he, you know, tries to lure him there. <laughs> um, and it, it, like, is this I'm trying to think? Is this the one where he has all the cops like watching the house? There's like the SWAT team there and stuff. Is that this uh, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was this. One. So yeah, so he has all the cops ready. So he's like the SWAT team, and there's like you know thirty cops all over the place. Like, uh, yeah. So they got the, he's got the one cop upstairs, like with um her in the bedroom, and I know that guy from somewhere. I don't remember where. He's he's a lot of like you know, secondary yeah. characters in other movies. I don't, but anyway, uh, you see them, you'll know them. Um, so he's up there like trying to protect her. Um, there's all these other, like I said, you know, sharpshooters and SWAT people and everything everywhere. So they're all ready for Michael to show up. Uh, and of course, you know, Michael doesn't show up, but then uh, there's an attack at the, the children's hospital. Um, so of course, Oh, Michael's at the children's hospital. So let's take every single cop that's here waiting for Michael and send them all uh-huh. every single one of them to the, the hospital. You can't like do half and half or all nothing. or nothing. No, no, no. All, except all the guy them. protecting Jane. The only, yeah. Except for the one guy protecting her in the bedroom. Everyone else goes ridiculous anyway. So of course, predictably, as soon as they all left, Michael shows up. Right. And then, you know, Loomis, I don't know what he was even doing. He was like trying to like drunkenly convince him to like come get the girl because it's going to cure his rage problem or something. I don't you know what he's doing, her? but Michael just kind of like, yeah. yeah, 
Michael just kind of picks him up and just like throws him through a wall, and he's just down. He's out. Yes. So he goes up, and uh, you know, he finds the the cop and her in the room, and they realize he's coming. So they're trying to like use this old timey ladder to like climb out the window. Um, I'm guessing the house was from the '60s, so it was, I think it was like one of those old fire escape ladders they used to have back in the '60s. And I think they were trying to like climb out the window with it. Yeah. Um, and he like can't figure out how he's gonna get out the window. It's kind of funny because he like he's get out my yeah. back. Uh, uh, get off my back. Uh, <laughs> hold on, get out my back again. I mean, like he doesn't know how to get down. He doesn't know what to do. I don't. I probably wouldn't either, honestly. But he's a cop. I would <laughs> he's like trained in some way. But anyway, so he can't figure out how to get down this ladder. And eventually, Michael comes walking in. So he says, "Yeah, go down the ladder, Jamie." And she doesn't know what to do either. So she just kind of stands there. He gets killed. I mean, like immediately, right away. Um, by it, Michael, like takes the, the the ladder and like wraps it around his neck and then throws him out the window. He yep. gets home and dies. Um, you know, Jamie gets scared and runs downstairs. She's like running all through the house. Uh, she eventually runs through like this laundry yep. chute. Um, she slides down the laundry chute in the basement, gets stuck because it's it's locked in the bottom. So Michael goes down there, sees that she's there can't get the thing open so he's like stabbing through the duct and she's like trying to climb up and he's like stabbing through he ends, he ends up clipping her leg yeah legs, but nothing bad um so yeah she ends up you know climbing back up and out um and then you know as michael kind of gets down you know oh it's you know he's gonna get her loomis finally wakes up from whatever you know from getting knocked out and thrown into a wall um and he kind of grabs her and then kind of leads her into this other room and as he's you know, as, as he leans up against the wall and Michael comes in, he like drops this trap, this big chain yeah, trap. He scooby doed him. Right, yeah. scooby doed him. And then he like shoots him with this tranquilizer gun. Yep. And he like just, he must, I mean, he was pretty good with that tranquilizer gun. He must have practiced because he got off like like five or six tranquilizer shots in like 10 seconds. Like he was, I mean, he, he literally did yeah. it. I mean, they showed him legit yeah. doing it. It wasn't just like off screen. Like he was good with that thing. He must have practiced. Um, and eventually, you know, Michael grabs the gun out of his hands and he, uh, he's not going to pick it back up again. He's just going to pick up a two by four and just keep beating him in the head die, die, until, he's, die. Yeah, until he stops moving. Yes. Yeah, screaming die <laughs> just like that the whole time. Um, yeah. So then, of course, yeah. OK, Michael is finally subdued. All the cops come back. Right. Because they can only travel in a pack, yes. I guess. So, like, they figure out that, the oh, the children's hospital is fine. Let's all travel as a pack back to the house. So they travel back to the house. They're like, oh, Michael's here. So they actually arrest Michael and put him in jail. Um, and they go back to the, to the, to the prison or whatever. Um, and then the prison, you know, Jamie is there. Um, you know, they're, but like the, well, I guess I, I got to miss that. I didn't tell you, but the, the, the guy with these like black, like cowboy boots, steel, like a steel toe, like spurs. steel toe on it. Yeah. 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 They show, they show him like just his boots. They just show him like walking around the neighborhood. They show him like he three kicked the times, dog. Maybe. Yes. He did kick a dog. Well, that was, yeah, that's how he got introduced yeah. is he like kicked the, the, the poor dog. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they did like, he was like wearing like a big black duster and like a big black fedora. Um, so, you know, he was like Mr. Cool Guy back then, because this is, what, 1989? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, like, super cool back then. Um, so, yes, and he's got the same um, thorn tattoo on his hand that, that Michael has. Again, no real explanation why. They don't say why, but obviously there's some kind of link, apparently, yeah. right? So, 
at the end of the movie, like, you know, he's Michael is locked in a cage. Jamie sees him like handcuffed and locked in a cage. The cop says, yeah, he's here. He's locked up. He's not going anywhere. So they kind of leave and go in the other room. And then there's like all of a sudden this big ass explosion. And then there's all these like machine gun fire. And you see that this man in black had broken in and blown, you know, the, the jail cell door open and apparently killed a whole shit ton of cops. And then that's where the movie yep. ends. There's no real, there's no like finality to it. It's just, that's where it right. ends. I did good. I didn't get his loss that time. <laughs> All right, so what were your first thoughts? So this is the first time seeing it, too, I assume, right? Yes, yeah, this is my first time seeing this one. Um, yeah, my first my first time seeing this, man, I was just, I was, again, I was like, okay, this is just cheesy and goofy until the cops came out of that house. And that goofy, like, little theme song that they had, and I was just done. I was like, everything after that, it was just so stupid and cheesy and bad. Everybody is just like screaming the whole time. Like Tina's ridiculous. Like the, the Jamie is ridiculous or goofy speech impediment. Oh yeah, I forgot to say. Like she miraculously just like healed herself and was able to talk fine. Like she stuttered like one time saying Tina's name, Tina, and then she was totally fine talking the rest of the movie. Like it was just a. Why did they even bother putting that in there? I don't. Yes. Um. So yeah, I missed that whole part. But yeah, but. Again, it's just it's just goofy. It's just a whole bunch of weird. They tried to add a bunch of like lore to this, and it just it doesn't make any sense. I mean, you could have went in any direction with it, and that direction just doesn't make any sense. And the only part that would kind of make sense, they don't even expand on, and that's like the guy with the the same tattoo as Michael with the with the boots. Yeah, right. Like that might make sense if you explain who that guy is or why he's like trying to help Michael or why he's has the same tattoo as him. Any kind of link there at all would be great but no he's just like this phantom i mean it, there's no link at all it just well he nothing. he gets credited as the shape from that point right um <laughs> right so would you rewatch this again <laughs> voluntarily no <laughs> no i would not if i had to watch it again for you know some other kind of project or something sure would i voluntarily watch this again yeah like i said um I probably watched this the first time ninety seven, ninety eight. Like I said after realizing this is part of the franchise, and I didn't mind it then. Um, I said rewatch on the rewatches though it is something once again four and five kind of go hand in hand. Like I have to get through this movie. Um, yeah, well, yeah. If, if you count four, you have to watch yes. this one because it's it's basically it's the same actors and everything. It's like a year later. Right. It's just like one right. and two. So it is it is the sister They're film kind of, of four. So yes. So right. I do rewatch it. Um, like I said, there's some good things, more bad things. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. lore wise, you know what? What do you th- do? You think they add anything lore wise other than the guy in the duster and setting up for number six? <laughs> Uh, I mean, the thorn tattoo, right, that he has and that the guy in the duster yeah. has, and then the guy in the duster existing is really the only thing. Um, or, or actually, there is that little piece where um, she goes up in the attic. Yeah. Right? 
and like uh, uh, it was a weird it was kind of a bizarre point it was like this weird like kind of makeshift coffin up there and that's where rachel and that's where um mike who wasn't even rachel's boyfriend it was tina's boyfriend i don't know why he was up there but they were both like kind of like tina or rachel was just kind of sat there on a chair and where mike was kind of like hung up by like rope from the ceiling um and it was like kind of like a weird like ritually looking thing yeah um that could have been interesting if they expanded on it but they didn't expand on anything it just it had jamie's picture at the head of that coffin thing and then like she weirdly like laid down in it right and she kind of lured him there and called him uncle he took off his mask yeah yeah, she called him uncle and he like backed off for like a nanosecond before he went after oh no he did take off his mask yeah and he like took off his mask and then she tried to like touch him and he freaked out um but yeah so i mean that's really it but there's not there, like they didn't expand enough on that for it to mean right. anything. um so really the only thing it adds for this moving forward in the next movie is the two tattoos and the man in black that's it all right well so the whole the whole psychic link thing is a macguffin that that goes away when this movie well, is correct. over i mean they they with the lore they did add that that since she kind of touched the tattoo and went through that you know there was that family familial connection that was there um which is the only mention of it ever again right but in the fourth one he didn't have the tattoo or at least they didn't show it they might have showed it in i'm pretty sure the first time they ever showed it was in the very beginning of five okay I mean, I could be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Some of these are hard to focus <laughs> on, especially the fourth one. I was like, uh, you know, but I'm pretty sure the first time I remember seeing that thorn tattoo was in the very beginning of five. So they might have like, you know, kind of retconned it because they did show that whole part again of him going, getting knocked with the car and going, oh, that yeah, I could up to him. They I could have sworn they that. had at the school they had where she went that she was drawn the thorn symbol there and four. Uh, pretty sure the symbol came up in four. I thought it was at the school, maybe two. No, I think that was. I think that's the sixth one. I think that's the, the little boy. Um, okay, it, her. Yeah, the little boy drew the thorn symbol on the back yeah. of his drawing of the family okay. or whatever. Oh, uh, they, they all kind of merged together. <laughs> yeah, I mean they, they do. They're all. Equally as great. Are there any highlights for you in this? Um, he looks better in this movie. Granted, not much better, but he does look better. They took the shoulder pads out and they fixed the mask a little bit. Um, uh, I like Tina. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't like the way that she acted or screamed most of the time, but I thought. She was interesting. Yeah, she was a good pseudo sister replacement. Right. Um I mean, like Mike deserved Oh yeah, absolutely. Killed. So, I mean, that was that was nice. I mean, again, it was it was it was interesting. I mean, yeah, Dr. Loomis just continues that. I mean, this one he really I think this is the one where he's really taken that step. I mean, like the very where end he becomes before, oh, just he as bad and step. crazy as the thing he's hunting. Right. 
Right. Yeah. Like the the very end of four, he took that first yeah. step, like just immediately wanting to kill right. Jamie. And I think this one, he's like, he's over the edge in this one. He doesn't care who he's hurting right. along the way. He's just trying to like stop. Right. Like, and, and for me, that's. And yeah, he's using people, he's using children as pawns and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, like there's, he's definitely unhinged. Even. Even the most optimistic view of Loomis at this point has him on end. Well, I mean, like I said, I'm going to go into his character development. I mean, this really shows if you if you truly believe you're hunting evil, that you you know you live long enough to become the villain, right? You look long enough into the abyss, and the abyss right. looks back. It's just, yeah, it's, you say. but it's the same thing. Like he became just as relentless as Michael in stopping Michael. Right. So like I said, for me, that's a, that's a highlight because it shows that story that it, it does happen. That we could easily, the evil corrupt him enough to that point where he just became so obsessed with it. Yeah, that's fair. Again, taking the movie at face value. Yes, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, low points, obviously, the stupid, goofy music for those two stupid <laughs> cops. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, that's definitely the low points. And well, I, I would just say the amount of times that Tina's name is screamed. Yeah. Dear God. Tina! I mean, it just some, yeah, some movies <laughs> like, uh, okay, like, I get it. <laughs> you don't have to keep the screaming going. Scream enough for me to understand that, yes, you're terrified. I get it. I don't need that screaming as a soundtrack for the rest of the movie. <laughs> like, some movies do that. They just keep screaming, and it's like, I get it. Please stop. I don't want to hear it anymore. It's like a baby crying. Like, please stop the baby from crying. I get sure. it. The baby's upset. You just have it cry a couple times and then leave it at that. I understand the baby's still upset. Would you, know you would you rather hear eight more days till Halloween? 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 <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, little points, you know, Jamie and this, right? And the cops and that stuff. <laughs> so, how many butcher knives would you give this? The last one was four. Uh, this one, I will give two. Wow. Two butcher knives out of ten, because as I said, as soon as that little goofy cop song happened, it went downhill from there, and it upset me. Uh, I went was I was at six. Uh, I'm going uh, down to five. One, okay. Because I know somewhere in this franchise, there's one, there's one or two worse than this one. I have to go down oh, still. Man. From there, seriously. Yeah. Ugh. Well, I haven't seen the rest of the. I mean, <laughs> I saw like one and two. Oh, like just wait. Just like I was just I was just wait till number eight. Eight resurrection. So Is that yeah. resurrection? Oh, just uh, wait. <laughs> All right. Um, and for the last one, Halloween, the Curse of Michael Myers. Like I said, for me, this is the first. Halloween movie I watched, and it was enough for me to be interested in the franchise. So it's saying something, but not much. Um, I mean, the plot. Do you want to do this opening plot, the, the first part? 
Um, <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's, it gets bizarrely daltish. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's, it's bizarre. It's like, yeah, they kind of fast forward to where, um, there's like this cult. They're all dressed as like, you know, your typical, red like, cloak, weird yeah. cult people with the black cloaks with the red trim, yeah. you know, and there's like a ritual altar and all this other stuff. But anyway, so there's like a, a, a girl giving birth. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. And like, in this ritual thing. So they're like, she gives birth. It's obviously like a weird cultish thing. They're like, you know, they take the baby and they like the, 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 the cult leader who's apparently the man in black from the, yes. from the fifth movie is not letting her see the child. Um, there's obviously like a sympathetic nurse that wants to, but can't, you know, cause obviously the cult leader he draws there. the thorn um, symbol on the baby. Yeah. He draws the thorn symbol on the baby in blood with a knife that was bought from a flea market. Yeah. Cultists don't yeah. always. It's like one of those knives that they look scary, but you know it would immediately break if you hey, ever tried. Cultists to don't have anything. money sometimes, okay? Yeah, apparently <laughs> they they go for all yeah all style, no right. function. That's a, that's a yeah. cult. But yeah, that's a, that's a, essentially what it came down. With. Um, so anyway, um, so yeah, so eventually you know, man in black, you know, goes away. Um, so the nurse brings the baby back to her, and she escapes with the help of um this nurse we find out that the man in black and michael myers have been like running this cult right michael myers has apparently been sitting in this cult for who knows how long since the last movie which was what six years ago i think this movie's six years later right because it's 95 but i think they say it's six years later so yeah six years later so michael myers has been hanging out with the man in black in this cult for six years um and so michael myers is like trying to stop them from leaving he ends up killing the nurse but um the girl and the baby get away he does he kills somebody else because she steals somebody's truck because they're like the, the cult was like underneath the construction did site you say or the, something. who the girl is yet no not yet we don't find out yet that's true but we know but we know that <laughs> they said it's michael's baby yes yes they did they did say it was like bizarrely michael's yes. baby um, so yeah, so she gets in the truck and she leaves and she drives to like a bus station, um, to where she tries to call the police and all the phone lines are down because of course this is Haddonfield, Illinois, which the phone lines, like essentially if you breathe on them, like the phone lines break and you can't call right. them. even nine one one. Then she called into a radio order. station though. Right. Because yeah, the radio was playing and the, the guy gave the number for the radio station and they're having, of course, a special about. Michael Myers and Halloween, because this is the day before Halloween. Right. Um, so she just tries to call the radio station, and she's like uh, asking for Doctor Loomis's help over the radio yes. station, right? Um, and then she get now gives her name as yep. Jamie. So we know that this is the little girl that was from the the last movie, and now we know that she was apparently kidnapped with. Michael by the man in black when he broke into the police station. Um, and then so apparently she was like forcibly raped by Michael Myers, forced to have his child, and then apparently now has escaped. Yes. So now Michael is now looking for her baby. So, um, you know, she's like trying to hide in the bus station bathroom because, of course, Michael finds her. Um, and she ends up escaping out the bathroom window. He finds her later in like a, I don't know, a hayloft yeah. or something. I don't know where the hell that was. 
Um, so anyway, so yeah, he finds her, he stabs her, kills her on the hayloft area. Um, right. Yeah. And then she's like, Oh, you'll never find that. And he turns on the machine. That's it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And so then like, you know, they, they kind of cut out. Um, of course, Loomis has retired. The DJ goes, Dr. Loomis, I thought he was dead. And they cut to him going, right. No. Yeah. They cut to Dr. Loomis. Like, (laughs) yeah. Like writing his like, uh, memoirs. Yeah. So yeah, he's got like a thicker beard, oh, yeah. um, and he's a lot calmer. He, he seems calmer yes. now, right? Seems like he's finally relaxed. I think he finally got off the sauce. <laughs> um, yeah, and then he, you know, he realizes that until he hears this girl's voice on the radio, and he's immediately like, "It's Jamie. She's alive. Michael's back." You know, of course he like, and then he goes back into it. So I, I'm pretty sure he just started drinking. Oh yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, I'll leave. I'll leave that for my conspiracy theories later um so anyway so yeah he um oh sorry his friend who was the uh the guy who ran the sanitarium where michael myers was held the smith's grove sanitarium um he was the guy that ran it um so they were like friends apparently even though like when they showed them before they were not friends like when they showed them i think it was at the fourth one where he escaped yeah the fourth one they showed him and they were like like at each other's throats like they did not like each other but now apparently they're friends later on. Anyway, uh, so he comes over and he's trying to get him to like take over his job, which is odd because like Donald Pleasance is obviously like twenty years older than this. Yeah. Guy. Like why? Like if you're retiring, why the hell would you bring a twenty year guy? <laughs> you know, a guy that's twenty years older than you that has to walk with a cane and can barely talk anymore to like be your replacement. It's weird. Um. Anyway, they had to get Loomis back in somehow. Right. Um, so yeah, he immediately knows, oh yeah, you know, this is, you know, Michael's back. We got to go see it. So, you know, they go to the scene of the crime, um, and she survived. Jamie actually survived the stabbing. Um, and they bring her to the hospital and of course she's unconscious, you know, so they're, he's just kind of waiting around to see what's going to happen with her. Um, and then, uh, oh yeah. Well, Paul Rudd comes in at some point here. Um, and he's uh, Tommy Doyle, who's he was the little boy that was being watched by Laurie Strode in the first yes. movie. Um, so apparently he grew up being obsessed with Michael Myers because, of course, he did see him for a very short period of time back then, but he avoided getting killed. Um, so this is, you know, however many years later. Um, so he's like obsessed with Michael Myers to so be like he's like. You know, he's got all the newspaper clippings all over his walls of everything going on. And he's like, I'm sad. He's like living across the street from the Myers yeah, so Let's house. say it's like 17 issues um, like, later. Right. Yeah. So he's like obsessed with the house. He's like watching it all the time. Anyway. And then there's, I guess we should, it's kind of bizarre. Like who are the people that moved into the Myers house? I know their last name is Strode. Yes. They are, they are like relatives of, they brother? are relatives of Laurie Strode because they're both real estate agents. Right. Yeah, like he's Strode Realty, but like, is yes. he his brother? Okay, it's it. They, I mean, I know they had the last name, and I know they were family, but they didn't. Really, I don't think they specified how yeah. they were family. Uh, but anyway, so they, yeah, they moved back into the Myers house essentially because the dad couldn't sell the house, so he decided just to buy it yeah. himself so that he didn't lose it. Whatever. Um, um, the only thing you need to know there is the dad's a big jerk. The mom just kind of rolls over and does whatever. You know, she's very mousy. Well, the dad's abusive. Um, yeah, he's abusive. He's, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, 
big asshole, like literally like hitting his children. Oh, his grandson, the like, bastard. Pr- yeah, I mean, yeah, the guy is yeah. an asshole. Um, so yeah, his son is kind of like this burnout college kid, and his daughter is like the smart college kid, but she had to move but back she in. Yeah. She's got a son, right? Yeah, she had a son out of wedlock, which is why you're calling him yes. a bastard or whatever. Um, and she was like trying to, you know, better herself. So she moved back home to like go to school to like, you know, build a better life, whatever. Um, I bring that up because Paul Rudd was like watching her through yes, the window. He's watching people living in the Myers house. Right, right. Um, and she thinks he's kind of peeping on her, but really he's just watching the house. Um, he was probably also peeping, well, yeah. but it was in addition to, <laughs> not because of. Um, so anyway, so he was, of course, listening to this radio show, too, because the radio show was about Michael Myers. So he was listening to the radio shows, uh, but he hears about Jamie there, and so he, like, records it, and he's, like, playing it back, like, trying to figure out where she was, and he ends up hearing, like, the PA from the bus station. So he figures out, oh, she went to the bus station. So he goes to the bus station, um, and he's, like, very, very awkward, I guess, you know, because, oh, he survived darkness, so now he's weird. Right. So now he's, like off-putting and awkward like the rest of us um so he he goes there and he's looking around and he ends up finding the baby that she had stashed in like a cabinet in the bathroom um so yeah instead of like bringing the baby to like the authorities or like someone that can take care of it he decides to take the baby home with it which is i don't know again this baby cries way too goddamn much (laughs) And it says it's like every time I hear it, I'm like, shut the fucking baby up. It's a movie. Stop. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah, so he goes uh, back there. Um, Loomis is now, you know, trying to, uh, he's convinced that Michael is best. Yes. So he's like full on back into it now. Um, and then, okay. Where, where does it go after that? I know that they're going to have the, 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 the radio guy is coming to their town. To like do a live radio show. Halloween was banned in Haddonfield. Right, right. Yeah, Halloween was banned, and they're bringing it back finally. And like, um, the the burnout son and his girlfriend are like the the people that are trying to like re bring back Halloween. So he's they're like his special yeah. guests or whatever. Um, she the girlfriend talks about how her boyfriend lives in the old Myers house. He didn't know it. Right. Um, we also find out that. Uh, the grandson Danny is being pr- hearing the same voices. He was in Michael's room. Starts hearing the same, alluding to the same voices, and getting groomed to be the next right. shape. Yeah, they're like he's like having flashes of the man yeah. in black, and he's saying like "kill yes. for him" or whatever. Um, yeah. So, um, who's the first to die? The mom. Uh, the mom is killed. Yeah, the mom is killed because she gets put in the yeah, she, puts, he goes she back gets to put his in the washing house. machine. Right. Yeah. So he goes back to his house. He sees that people are living there. So he kills the mom because the mom was there. Um, the dad comes home with later. No dinner. He's drunk with no dinner, and so yeah, he goes downstairs, finds her in the washing machine, and then he gets killed. Um, and then he goes to the college, and then yeah, the the. DJ guy like goes to like I don't know, he decides they're gonna move to the Myers house and he goes out to his like van and he ends up going in like a sanitarium van. I don't know how the sanitarium van got there. 
But anyway, Michael was in the van and he kills that yes. guy then hangs it from a tree. And there's a very bizarre part where there's a little girl dancing underneath the tree. It's raining, mommy. Going like, it's raining it's red. Raining, mommy. It's raining yeah. red. Yeah, it's, it's, she's like singing that it's raining red. And then like the, the girl comes up to her and she's like, it's raining red. It's so warm. That's yeah. <laughs> so bizarre. And of course, you look up and there's a dead body hanging from the tree and it's blood. It's, it's just yeah. disturbing. Right. So anyway. Tommy convinces the the Deborah and her son to go to his house across the street and then that's, that's where they see her brother and the girlfriend get killed while having sex in the house. Of right. course. Um and you know as Tommy Doyle goes into this whole lore exposition dump about the ruins, the you know the curse, you know, and that you know every Halloween with some fantastic CGI to back this up. Yeah. I mean that repeating like yeah. GIF <laughs> was was top of the line in 1995. Yeah, oh. so you know he's he, he's he's up and he's been studying this cult his entire life. You know, um, right? So he explains everything that this that he has to kill his bloodline in Hollow Knight. And believes that you know this is for the harvest, the druid curse, and that Jamie's baby will be Michael's final sacrifice. Right. And so yeah, then they decide um, that's the, yeah they the, then they'll try to think yeah then Danny goes into the house not realizing after he's summoned by the man black. Um, right. And then Loomis is there. Loomis catches up with him at the party. Uh, right. Yeah. Well, they eventually they they make it back to um, the house. Oh, and, right? and Tommy's landlady um, is part of the cult. Mrs. Blankenship. Right. Yeah. They make it. They make it back to the house, and the cult like raids yeah. the house. Um. So yeah, Loomis. Um. The yeah the the daughter with this with the son and Paul Rudd and the baby were all yeah. in the house and so the cult raids the house and so they they capture they drug them no yeah they drug them and then they wake up and they they wake up later and the baby yeah. is gone and so then they decide that they need to go and and uh, Loomis knows that oh we have to go back to where it started Just and that's yeah. not the Myers house anymore now it's the right. sanitarium. Because we find out that the man in black is actually his old right. boss. So, yeah, his old boss is the man in black, so he, he had to go to the sanitarium to yep. end it. Um, so then, yeah, he goes back to the sanitarium, and he, like, he, get, he walks right in. He walks right into his office, like his boss's office, and then, I don't, I don't know, the whole thing, I don't know, this whole interchange is just so weird. Like, they're walking down these super long hallways. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so Loomis goes in and with uh, Paul Rudd, and he's like, "Oh yeah, wait here." And he like leaves him in the middle of a hallway, <laughs> and then he goes up into the into the other room, and they eventually, you know, the, he kind of knocks Loomis out, and then he says, "Yeah, this is your job now. Like you're going to take over my job." Blah yeah. blah, whatever, and he leaves. Um, and so then Paul Rudd decides to walk, um, follow this other cult person down the hallway, and he ends up getting locked into like you know certain other hallways um 
and then finds Michael. Right, I know he does. Did something happen before that? Well, yeah, Michael starts killing all the doctors. Right. Yeah, so there, Kara's sitting there. She's going to be sacrificed. The idea was for her son to kill her and for him to become part of it and to take over, take on the curse as well. And there's doctors right. that are trying to like perfect evil. And so Michael goes insane, just kills everyone else in the cult, all the doctors and everything like that. Yeah, I guess it was just like loose reasoning. Right. All of a sudden, he decides to kill everyone that he's been with for six years. Right. Yeah. So yeah, he kills everybody anyway, and he's like trying to like escape, and he meets up with Paul Rudd in the hallway, and Paul Rudd decides like, oh, I have all these runes that can counter your thorn rune. So he like cuts his hand and like smears blood on the ground, and then like puts the runes in like a circle around yeah. Michael, and it like somehow stops yeah. him, and so they like they're able to mm-hmm. leave. Um, and so then, like, later on, like, Loomis and the man in black, his old boss, and Michael are all, like, in this hallway, and they all do this, like, bizarre, like, trade. Yeah. Right? So where, I don't understand, I don't get this trade, because, like, Michael had the thorn tattoo yes. on him, right? And then the man in black had the thorn tattoo on yes. him as well. And so then, like, magically... The man in black transfers his tattoo to Loomis, but then he gives his clothes to Michael. Yeah. So, so like, so instead of like, I, I would assume that Loomis and that guy would trade yeah. places, but instead it looks like they did like a triangle shuffle. Yeah. So, so where like Loomis became the new Michael, Michael became the new man in black, and then the old doctor became the new Loomis. No, Loomis becomes, the idea is Loomis becomes a, the cult leader. Now, big stipulation here, this is the producer's cut ending that took almost 20 years to come out. Um, the theatrical release ending is better and it's not magical <laughs> in any way. The, okay. Alright, well what is that? That, that ending is that Paul Rudd, because he's awesome, injects a whole bunch of syringes into Michael, so he starts bleeding like green. He starts beating him with a uh, pipe and just flashes and stuff, and they leave, and they meet up with Dr. Loomis, and they go, are you sure you don't want to come with us? He goes, no, I have to verify he's gone. He goes back in there, and he screams in anguish. The same scream from the producer cut, the original ending, um, but they couldn't redo it because Donald Pleasance died, so they never could do anything uh-huh. else with it. So the theatrical release is he's defeated, and then the mask is just on the ground, and Loomis screams out of rage and anger, and that's how it ends. We do, it's very ambivalent of how it ends. Okay. But you see what yeah. I'm saying, though, right? So we're like, okay, like the doctor, the old yeah. doctor guy, or sorry, the old boss guy was yes. the man in black. Um, and then Loomis was obviously the psychologist, and then Michael yes. was the murderer. And then when they switched tattoos, like Michael was wearing the man in black's clothes, which kind of insinuates that he became him, meaning he's the leader of the cult now. It's it's a very yeah, it's you a very ambiguous 
ending as well. Right. But uh, to me, this is what I took it at. I was very confused because it looked like they did like a triangle shuffle yeah. to where it was like Michael is now wearing the fedora and the, you know, and the, the overcoat. He's wearing his own old boots, but he's still wearing the man in black's outfit as if he's the new leader of the cult to where Loomis just has the tattoo on his hand and is not wearing the man in black's clothes, which to me would mean he's the well, new because Michael. the doctor was wearing Michael's mask. Michael switched. Michael right. switched clothes with him and escaped. When he dies, that's when Donald Pleasance becomes the new cult leader. So, right. But again, yeah. the way that they do the shuffle, right. it makes it look like Michael becomes the leader and that Loomis becomes the new Michael. And so I'm like, the dude's like 75 right. years old. What the hell is he going? How is he going to kill people? He walks yeah. with a cane. It just again, it's it's just very well, yeah. The, the producer I, the producer cut is this. There there's there's so much backstory that we could almost do horrible rewrites of this. And well, hey, I I, I did watch the one that was available to me. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying though that there's this went through so many different scripts that there's so many different problems and so many different scenes and endings. Because there was a different ending for TV, there's a different ending for theater, there's a different ending for the producer's cut. It's all over the place. Yeah, I was also reading that like when uh, they were filming Halloween 2, they actually filmed new parts for 1. And then when they released 1 on television, they had a bunch of new scenes. So... I I think I think the canon, if you will, of this. Granted, this is the last movie in this timeline. Is that his mask is gone, and either it's hinted that that Donald Pleasance gets killed by Michael, or or he he's just gone. He screams out in rage. That's the canon ending, versus the crappy ruins and magic transferring of powers and all the crap. Yeah, I said I did not. I was like, I didn't. I like it ended. I'm like, I was trying to figure out, like, what the hell? Yeah, I remember. I remember when the producer's cut came out. It was like 2013. It was like 18 years later that it finally got the real release (laughs) of, you know, light of day. Well, that's the ending I saw, and I was very confused. I want to see the other ending. I mean, other than the ending being different, what were your first thoughts on this? Um, I mean, it's cool to see Paul Rudd and like his first movie. Like it literally said, like it, introducing. Yes. <laughs> Chronologically, Rudd. it came out after Clueless, but filming wise, it came before Clueless, so it was his first movie. Interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, so yeah, it's interesting to see Paul Rudd in, in this movie yeah. specifically. Um, yeah, I mean, I was kind of just surprised at why like how it was better than like the fifth one because if you look at the ratings it is they're oh, yeah. lower and it's way lower yes. than five and i was just kind of surprised where i'm like this is i mean again arguably better than the fifth one but the ratings are so much lower it's just odd i don't know if this is one of those movies that like the horror yes. purists are going to get upset that i say that it's <laughs> better than the fifth one or i don't know but yeah, it just seemed like a lot of people hated this one more than the fifth one when it's argued. So you're going to hear this argument better. from the purists of this that you'll hear with Rob Zombie's Halloween. The lore absolutely destroyed 
everything that made Michael Myers. Um, I mean, that's true, but I mean, that would, it would go back further because they planted the seeds for this yes. in the fifth one. I mean, you can arguably go back to see you planted the seeds for yes, this in the fourth. Absolutely. So why aren't, why don't they hate fourth and fifth one? Just they're, as much as they're low on the list. <laughs> they're, they're absolutely low on the list. Uh, I guess so. I mean, again, I, I'm not a big fan of the whole cult aspect. I'm not saying that that's good. I'm just saying as far as like quality wise and as far as coherence, it's better than four and five. But we're going to have four and five as a special place because it's the return of Michael Myers. So it's bringing him back after what was considered the abysmal three. So it's going to be in higher regard because of that. Well, to be, I mean, yeah, yeah. we'll get there. But I, I would say, arguably, three is no. not a bad movie. It's just no. Halloween. Uh, like I said, this this is the first Halloween movie I watched, and I was twelve. And at the time, it was enough for me to go. You know what? I want. And I found there's more. I have to watch them all. So it has a weird place in in my heart and mind, just because it being the first, and it was kind of we discussed my first. Big foray into horror. I'm not saying it's good. I rewatch it. I I too tend to enjoy it more than four and five. I'm with you on there. Um, but lore wise, I don't think we need the whole cult. I don't think we need all that explained that there's motive behind it. And I guess they laid the groundwork of it. Um, but I don't think we could have done without the lore. I don't think being able to be defeated by you know the producer of ruins is good you know um the transferring of cult leadership is good you know passing down like they're stretching to how to incorporate the strode family or any else somehow related to everything else in this movie yeah no all fair points I'm just saying, it just, it just, it, it always strikes me as yeah. bizarre when like these horror purists like get upset about stuff. Cause like you look at four, it's, it's bad. You look at five, it's even worse. And they're like, they somehow hold on to like these movies were true. Like, they're bad <laughs> movies. Like, why do you care? Like, they're terrible movies. I don't, who cares if the, if the fucking lore was correct yeah. or not? They're arguably bad. And you get somebody else who makes a movie that's, it's, it's a better, well, you know, I'm not gonna say well made, but better made movie that makes more sense and is and is you know better looking than these other movies, and they yeah. get angry because it doesn't follow the same. It's just bizarre to me. Why can't you just see the movie for what it is and not like put it as a part of something else? Um. So highlights for you though, kind of what the, just the fact it was better than four and five. Um. Yeah. I mean that there wasn't as as so much like goofy i mean character acting no. in this one um and then there was some don't get me wrong i mean like that dj guy was so freaking yes. annoying um but i mean for the most part, i mean like yeah, the other the young son was just a typical burnout yeah. dude like his girlfriend was like your typical like you know kind of neo-college 90s feminist Screen right 90s. i mean they, they, right yeah i mean they were always like you know kind of stereotypical but at least there was a little bit um you know more more to it a little bit you know more than you know the the goofiness of of the the fourth and the fifth one you know what i mean there was some like 
relatively normal characters in there, or at least understandable right. characters in there. Um, and yeah, and it, again, it just wasn't as, I don't know if it's directed. <laughs> I don't know what, like what would, would make that happen, but it's just overall, I would say a, a better craft at, in yeah. this movie than there was in the other in the two. All right. So movies. what about low points for you? Um, I mean, low points. I mean, there's incest uh, baby. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that's at least kind of sort of interesting, but that's just, it's bizarre that it gets put in this movie. So where, I mean, like, I don't want to say it's like, you know, family friendly or anything like that, but it, it follows a certain path, right? Most of them up to this point have just been like your typical slashers, right? They might put like an, a, a little spin on them or something here and there, but they're just kind of, you know, slasher movies. There's, there's not a whole lot to it. And this one goes like, it's weird, bizarre stuff to where, like, you know, he's a, a cult like member who's somehow been hanging out with this cult for six years. Like, how did like the only time he's been exposed to the public in the last what twenty years? He's just murdered everyone he comes in contact with, and now all of a sudden he can like work right. with a cult. I mean, just bizarrely out of nowhere, you know. And then, like again, like Jamie 14. is fourteen yeah. years old. She was like eight and five, and this one is only six years later. I mean, why bizarre that you would do that? I mean, you could have made her any age. You could have made it in right. the future <laughs> or something. Like, make her at least 18, so it wouldn't be as bad. But no, she's 14 years old. Make her give birth, like, you know, by force. Like, obviously, she's being held against her will. And then she, like, you know, escapes after just having had a child. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so I, I forgot got to mention that she gets murdered yeah. in there you know like yeah she got stabbed and brought to a hospital and then the man in black later on shows up and shoots her in the head because she, oh she served oh see purpose. that was also in the producer's I mean, cut in the up. theatrical she in the barn she gets impaled on a thrasher like that sorts the hay in the bundles and then uh-huh. um she screams you'll never have my baby and then michael turns on the bailer and it just uh-huh. goes through her more um, <laughs> well, you need to label these things. Now I know, yeah. Uh, the The idea was they were going to have the actress come back, but they decided to not because of the portrayal of everything. Because she's still she was still young. Uh, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But again, it's just that's just weird. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, you could have had anybody. Like, I mean, it was different. It was a different yeah. actress. <laughs> you know what I mean? Why'd you have to like? Well, I guess you had to like put a family link in there or something. I don't know. Did she look like Winona Ryder to you? Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, it was, that was the nineties, man. It was like mid nineties. Oh yeah. (laughs) That was, that was the style at the time. It was like reality bites and singles era, (laughs) man. It was like, everybody wanted to be Winona Ryder. Like I said, this, this was, this movie was hated enough for them to wipe the timeline. You know, it didn't do well. Okay, I don't. I don't like, how come the Hellraiser didn't? Do that? <laughs> like Hellraiser I kept know. going. Like they had some terrible movies in there, but they never, they never no. rebooted it. No. Um. So, what's your knives for you on this? Butcher knives for this one. I mean, all the horror purists are going to hate me, but I'm going to say five butcher knives out okay. of ten. It's not a it's not a good movie, but it's better than the last two. Yeah. 
was way down. I was down to four. I agree with five. Yeah. I'll go with five. And again, it's mainly just the craft of this. The you know the, again, you know they have like some characters that are like you know interesting and not goofy caricatures. You know, like in, in the last one, last two really, everybody was just like this goofy caricature right. of themselves. It was yeah, it was just not believable. Very cheesy, very over the top. And this one, there's I mean, don't get me wrong, there's cheese and over the top, but it's not nearly right. as bad. All right, so do you think we can go through your conspiracy theories in about ten minutes? <laughs> All right, let's go <laughs> sure, with your conspiracy sure. theories. We're going to go into the bad child okay, psychologist now, theories. Yes. Now, this is my, it's going to branch a couple of times here, but my main one is that the first movie, here's what I think really happened. I think the first movie is Dr. Loomis's uh, version of events. I think that is how he tells people that it went down, that is how he tells people what happened. Now, what I think is he's a terrible, terrible child psychologist. You can plainly see that anyone that has seen him in action knows that this is true. This is just plain old true. You don't, I mean, if, even if something's catatonic and they've done something terrible in their past, you don't just give up on them, call them completely evil, and then try to murder them as soon as they get out. No, no, no. That's not, that's not what you do. So here's what I think really happened. He sees a child that's catatonic, right? He's not really there to be a child psychologist. He's there to hunt, right? He's, he's a, a child predator. So he sees a child that's catatonic. He doesn't move. He doesn't talk. He doesn't do anything. So he assaults him, right? And he continues to assault him probably for a long time, right? Probably for 15 years. So what happens is, is that Michael finally, finally gets a break and gets to escape. And he just wants to go home, right? He just wants to get out of there. Like his whole life has been terrible until this point he's just been like assaulted over and over again because again he doesn't know how to react to the world so he's just kind of you know uh, you know locked away not moving not talking not anything he finally gets a chance he escapes um and so loomis you know afraid that he's gonna finally talk again because he's now he's moving and he's he's getting away right so he's obviously something's changed so he panics he thinks that this kid is gonna tell the world what he's been doing to him Right. So his way of getting back at him is to tell people the story of this. Oh, he's going back. He's just going to murder everybody. That's what he's going to do. That's what he does. He's pure evil. I'm a psychologist. I would know. Right. So he goes back there. Now, here's where it branches off. Okay. Maybe Michael did actually kill those people. Maybe he went home and he came, you know, like a serial killer, hyper focused on, on Jamie Lee because he was the first one that she saw. Maybe he did actually kill those, you know, teenagers maybe not who knows but if you go by my conspiracy theory loomis himself kills them and then frames michael because oh this is mmo he he came here to kill these people when in reality they were just the easiest people for him to kill is a bunch of drunk teenagers trying to get it on right so he kills them one by one so he frames michael and then tells everybody that that's what happened so that he can freely kill michael without anyone batting an eye and anyone judging him and that's why as the movie goes along, he starts getting more and more unhinged is because he knows that the stuff is going to come down, right? So he's drinking like crazy because his whole life is going to end. His whole life is going out of control. That explains why as the movies go on, he keeps getting drunker and crazier because he's afraid that these things are going to come out, you know, that his horrible things that he's done in his past to this kid to make this kid this, as bad as he is, is going to actually come out. 
Okay. And so the whole thing, the whole thing is him framing Michael <clears throat> for the things that he's done because he's afraid of getting caught for assaulting. So you're calling the Thorn timeline the darkest timeline, and that we have a movie being made like, with the unreliable narrator dictating what's set. Okay. Correct. So we're like Doctor Loomis. Like these version of events that happen in these movies is how Doctor Loomis is telling the stories, and everybody's believing them, obviously, because everybody believes that Michael Myers is this insane killer, right? So that every time he comes out, he just murders people. Which I mean, again, a lot of these times, like you know, Loomis is the only one around. He's the only one that can explain what's happening or why a good reason why is that he's the one that's causing it okay i mean that is uh, you are the first person i ever heard with that take that's <laughs> you might be the only one with that however the, again i'm just saying at best at best he is the worst child psychologist that has existed in any movie universe okay that's his okay. best but again, I, I take it one step further to where I think he is the one that is the villain, at least of the first movie, and probably the. What about in four, five, and six? Well, four, five, and six is all over the place. But as you see, he ke- continually gets more and more unhinged <laughs> as it goes along. Like in the fifth one, he's literally like tackling an eight-year-old girl to the bed, screaming, "You gotta help me find him." You gotta find him. I mean, she's eight years old, and he's like drunkenly screaming in her face, holding her down to a bed while a nurse is watching yeah. him. And she's like, uh, Dr. Loomis, <laughs> can, you pl- can you please stop? I mean, but he's like obviously out of his mind. I like said, we actually see him drinking on camera at least one yeah. time. So, I mean, again, I think he's just, you know, a crazed alcoholic that just keeps getting more and more unhitched. And this is at best. This is at his best. He's a Terrible child psychologist that just is like, you know, in a drunken haze through the rest of these movies. At worst, he spends 30, 15, 33 years trying to cover up his transgressions. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, okay. And then we go farther, <laughs> we go further at this, right? Now, what is going on with the girl in the fifth movie? Same thing. Right. What if Michael is just trying to save her from Dr. Loomis? Okay. He's not trying to kill her at all. He's not trying to kill his family at all. He's trying to save her from the same fate that he had at the hands of Dr. Loomis. So, yeah, he might be killing those people, but he's not trying to kill her. He's trying to save her. Interesting. Huh? What do you think and of that? Every one? time there's a pause, it's. The human side of Dr. Loomis coming through. Right. Okay. Probably. Or, yeah, or, or this Loomis isn't doing anything that's like, you know, causing him to want to come out of it. You know, so like when he escaped from the ambulance, like he, he could feel that Loomis was going after, you know, because obviously they had that mental link. He could feel that Loomis was, you know, going to try to assault her and was creeping around because he was creeping around in her room before he escaped. So maybe that mental link was like, oh, man, Loomis is going to creep around. I need to go save her. <laughs> and he's just, you know, misguided and obviously killing all the wrong people because he thinks he's trying right. to save her. But he's trying to save her from people that aren't necessarily causing her harm. Doing the best he can. Her sister and 
Right. Okay. And the best he can with his yeah. broken brain. Very broken brain. I mean, I, I I feel like uh Rob Zombie might agree a little bit with your theory. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, obviously now Rob Zombie brings in the whole thing that like the kid is obviously like sexually repressed and is acting out of like a weird sexual perversion, yes. right? And that is true. I mean, even even in this timeline, you look at the first movie, ah, that's what's going on. I mean, like the first time he killed when he was six years old, he had like a short circuit when he saw his sister, you know, making out with somebody else. And whatever that short circuit was told him he needed to kill. Yeah. Right. So then like, later on, he sees kids like, you know, where he sees a woman come up to him and kind of, you know, come up to his door. And he's like, oh, does she like me? Because obviously he's been alone for 15 years. He doesn't know what right. life is like. Um, and then he sees like kids like, you know, you know, the one girl walking around in just a shirt but no pants on. You know, obviously it like, you know, sexually excites him in some way and he murders her. <laughs> the other one was like, you know, that the guy was like naked getting a beer from the fridge and he, you know killed him because he was afraid of what was going on. <laughs> he goes upstairs. The girl like literally exposes herself yeah. to him <laughs> again. He doesn't know what to do. So he kills her, but that girl, because she exposed himself to him, remind me the most of his sister. That's why he put the tombstone in there. I mean, I, I, even in this timeline, there's still a weird sexual, you know, version of his crimes, whether, you know, it's, it's obvious or not. It's there. Yeah. I mean, I can't wait to watch H2O and Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it'll twist it in a totally different direction, I'm sure. Yeah. But. Do they, is this like a version of what happens in there? Do they like... Uh, resurrection goes to his house. Let's just go with that. And right. sets things up. Or tries to set things up. Without spoiling anything for you. <laughs> well, that's the, that's ne- the next time. That's the nice one, yeah. Yeah, so it's one, two, then and H2O, resurrection. then yes. resurrection. We'll call those the we'll call it the the uh Lori Strode timeline. <laughs> Lori Strode two? Because <laughs> there's two of those, yeah? What? Isn't the new yeah. one Lori Strode two? So this is Lor- this is Lori Strode <laughs> timeline one. Okay. <laughs> Laurie Strode alternate timeline one, yes. Because in the official Thor, well, in the first Thorn timeline, she dies in a, like, what, car accident? She dies in a car accident in 1987. So there is this whole other theory that I can get on this franchise as a whole when we get done to the last part. Oh, yeah. Theories are welcome. I got to give you my crazy theories. I I will discuss. I'll give you a little sneak preview. She fakes her death. Okay. She fakes her death in 1987? Yes. Okay. So technically it could be the Correct. same time. So I will. I can argue that uh, the entirety of it is one timeline. Interesting. Even the Rob well, Zombie one? And three? <laughs> <laughs> Even three? Uh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely all right absolutely i can i can now like i said the newest trilogy is make it makes a timeline this theory a little bit harder but it's possible so okay 
I mean, all doors are open. <laughs> I had mine for this one, so you can you yeah. can give me yours for the next ones. Um. So on that note, let's go ahead and wrap this one up. Uh, so stay tuned for our next podcast. We're going to be releasing this a couple days after this one. Um, we are doing these in rapid sessions. As these are multiple parts. We're not doing weeks apart. We'd be doing two a week, like we did for Hellraiser. Um, so we'll be discussing part two, and, you know, the Halloween franchise confusing timelines. They said this is going to include Halloween 1, Halloween 2, Halloween H2O, and Halloween Resurrection. So we'll be putting that out in a couple of days. So in the meantime, this is Graveyard saying heavy check on the children. And this is Salem saying long live the new Good night. Night.